Weirdos have to stick together. The show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted from Lana Etheria. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? Uh, doing all right, I guess. Aside from the everything going on here at uh on Thursday, November seventeenth, <laughs> uh, which I guess is going to be a day that will live in infamy, huh? <laughs> in a sense, uh, for a little while. <laughs> Uh yeah, I guess the 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 speed that the internet moves at like this will be old. And this everybody will forget about this in like two weeks time. I guess <laughs> soon enough we will never remember that there was a Twitter. Yeah, it's like Jesus Christ! What a blessed day that will be. The, the the world was such a different place three weeks ago. Uh, this is definitely not a thing that I'm just repeating from earlier in our preamble. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, but like nobody knew how the election was going. We, we didn't have a fucking uh, apartheid asshole uh, running Twitter. Pokemon didn't leak. <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> leaked, and then, like, all the floodgates for the rest of the world apparently opened up. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. What, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I mean, aside from all the obvious shit that uh, people have been talking about for weeks about, like, everything that's been going on, but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the way, the way people are talking on Twitter, like, and I get that it is shitty for people to actually have, like, real friendships via Twitter, and also, like, artists that, like, kind of make a living off of Twitter by having a lot of people see their stuff. Uh, so everybody else is basically, you think that, like, the fucking moon from Majora's Mask is about to yeah. crash. <laughs> I mean, that's how yeah. I feel about a lot of Twitter, really. It's, it's a place where my friends are, but, uh, you know, it's yeah. gone now, so. I mean... Well, it's, it's, as, as of this moment, not sure when, like, this episode will be going up, like, almost the first week of December, <laughs> basically. <laughs> or, I guess, the last week of November, slash, first partial week of December. For all we know, Twitter might be dead by the time this goes up, we're not sure, but at the moment, it's still up, I know, there's, like, tons of outages, and, like, there's not even a skeleton crew for making sure that the crucial things that are not fucking up, uh, aren't there anymore. <laughs> but, like... Listen. I, I, don't, I don't know. What the fuck's going on? I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> Less than an hour ago, as we're recording this, I posted my real actual titties on Twitter, so it's only a matter of time. Either the algorithm bans me first or the website burns down. <laughs> you, you, you know, it, it was pretty funny that you mentioned that because I was like, I did take that picture of like my kind of cleavage like, <laughs> uh, over the weekend. <laughs> I also just be like, fuck it, titties on Twitter. Everything's exactly. blown up. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I mean, there's no nips or anything, but it's like I haven't done it yet because like... Part, part of me is still, like, uh, my, like, IRL friends I've known since, like, I was in middle school would see that. Oh, yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> or high school, like, I not middle school. Full frontal, absolutely, no question. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean I, I could... I mean, I could put the, like, the whole, like, uh, the blur thing of, like, click on this and, like, be like, hey, this is titty, don't click on it if you don't want to see your friend's titty. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Yeah, yeah I mean, know. I tagged them for nudity. It's not like I didn't do that, but also... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, oh boy. <laughs> it's just popping off, and it's like, what is going on? 
Yeah, I figured, you know, the whole thing uh, is falling down around us. Why not put an extra timer on myself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just count down even more. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, uh, other stuff that happened, uh, I, I, I bought some nice, like, long sleeves, just like sweaters. Oh, yeah, that's nice. They're, they're nice. Yeah. I, I also, uh, for some reason decided to buy some like plunge bras even though like they don't really push up titty <laughs> much <laughs> they, they at least fit unlike most bras i order <laughs> and then try out later on when i get home but at least that worked out yeah, i guess glad to hear it i think i i think i don't know if it's just because like i think like the whole thing is that since they're not underwired they don't really like have like that extra bit of like push up i guess like the underwire kind of does right i think but also like i mean that they're, it's weird for me to be like my boobs are only three months old, but like in a lot of ways they are. But it's like they're they're still like they they haven't dropped all the way, so like they're not even like hanging down low as much. So like probably when that happens, then at least maybe these will like push them up more because like they're kind of staying upward anyway. <laughs> <laughs> still like I, I I've I have noticed that they started to go down a bit, but they're still like pretty much like up there, not needing much to keep them going and supported anyway. Yeah, I guess I can't argue with that. I don't know. I am going to be real with you. I am mostly a lazy slob that doesn't wear bras around the house, and when I do leave the house, it's the biggest push-up <laughs> push I can find, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, in, in my case, it's, like, most of the shirts I have, like, especially my pajama shirt, is, like, thick enough, because also it's cold as hell now, that I don't need to wear one, because, like, nothing pokes through or anything, but, like, normally it's like, well, this this shirt definitely would just have full-on nip, and I have <laughs> And so, it's just weird. <laughs> I guess that's fair. I don't know. Yeah. Like, the glorious future of, uh what, like, seven and a half months from now, when I'll probably have my own place again and not have to worry about that stuff. Can walk around the <laughs> Don't need to give a shit. Well, as long as the windows are closed, obviously. And curtains drawn, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I have an issue with modesty or something, because I really don't care. <laughs> I have not worn a stitch of clothing, uh... except when I'm going to class in months. <laughs> yeah that's that like i don't know sometimes i'm like actually do get a little like frustrated with clothes when i'm in like bed at times where i'll actually just like take off my shirt in the middle of the night but i really can't sleep without pants i find i don't know what it is about that there is a there is a mall uh, i want to say maybe 50 yards away from my apartment building so <laughs> I've definitely given people in that parking lot an eyeful, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, then. you know. <laughs> just letting it all hang out now that Twitter's done. <laughs> in, in more ways than one, because I just found your post that you played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, and different, uh, in different news, uh, Yuji Daka apparently got arrested. I'm sorry, I don't know that name. Uh, Yuji Naka is, like, the guy who I think originally helped make Sonic the Hedgehog, and, uh, is the guy responsible for Battle in Wonderworld? Huh. 
or Wonderland, whichever it's one it was, Worlds. that shitty game that released like last March. Okay, I always think it's Wonderland because that makes more sense. But then it's like, oh yeah, no, I don't think that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, Wonderland yeah, is the uh... one it should be, but they named it Wonder Worlds despite. Yeah, no. Apparently, he was like found uh, dealing with doing a lot of like insider training. Oof. <laughs> Did you got so the, the essentially the father of Sonic got arrested. <laughs> uh. You know, completely uh, separated from Twitter dying as, uh, well, I guess not as slow and agonizing death because it's been a fucking uh, hair-raising <laughs> I but, wouldn't uh, call it slow and agonizing. Also... A platform doesn't usually fall apart oh, in three yeah, weeks. No. Yeah, no, usually not. <laughs> oh, God. I, I still like also like the fact that Twitter's San Francisco headquarters basically is just calling him... In quotations, uh, lawless oligarch, space Karen, mediocre manchild, worthless billionaire, and because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, accurate. <laughs> uh, I, I I like that the retweet I saw of that is somebody just going like, "Well, now he's gonna have to fire the building." <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he's already locked everybody out. What more could? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he might be in there at the moment, uh, ripping the copper wiring out of the building, but, like, well, I guess if he did that, he'd be locked in, which I guess would probably actually be the best. <laughs> His phone would eventually die. <laughs> I, I, like the, I like the tweet you just uh, posted in the Pokemon <laughs> chat about Swordward and Silbert probably need to get jobs because of Twitter going down. <laughs> Those guys are definitely reply oh, guys. Sure. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I I didn't even like play the post game of Sword and Shield, and I know those guys definitely would always be like responding to anybody on Twitter who's not like a white dude. <laughs> uh... Well, yeah, no, I mean that's yeah. it's hard not to talk about it because that's the big thing that's happening. But did anything else go on for you yeah. this week? Ah. <laughs> uh... Not really. I mean, like, I, I have a new coworker now because, like, she's taking over the mail while I've been, like, working on, like, other stuff because, like, my, my new responsibility and, like, basically, like, main job uh, duty is, like, occasionally we get re uh, requests for us to compile, like, all the documents that are on the claim together as, like, one... Like, basically have, like, all the documents in one folder and also combine them all together slowly and agonizingly one at a time into a shared uh, PDF, because <laughs> apparently we need to make sure it's still chronological in that version. So that's why you have to do it one at a time, rather than just like combining it all directly <laughs> by just highlighting it all. And then uh, basically putting on like the shared drive. So like, that's not been that bad. It, it's a little tedious at times. Like I had one that took like five hours total, but, but that was like on and off. That wasn't like continuous, because that was like I think Tuesday when I had that one and I mostly like for like a good like two and a half hours or so I was basically just had that on the hold while I was uh, shadowing my new coworker to make sure that she was like labeling the, and attaching the mail yeah. correctly basically just answering questions because like uh the person that trained me who's training her is like a week or like days possibly from having a ah. kid so like she's mostly just been like she's only been able to be in the office for this week to train her mostly and then she's like well chloe will be there so <laughs> chloe can answer questions for you and like help with the mail if we get like any like huge like amounts of mail in like over 100 category basically <laughs> which is usually usually i'm gonna mostly be helping with mail on monday still because of that 
just to like not not so much like with helping like with the opening and scanning because that just takes a while but i would help with like labeling and attaching to get it done that way because that stuff has to be done before we leave and like i don't want to be there till like almost only five and be like all right well good luck you'll be here like Uh. (laughs) because that's i mean that's that's kind of how i've had to be beforehand so i don't want to force somebody else to do that uh yeah, no, it's it's uh she's not driven me crazy unlike my previous job where I got a new coworker and and had to like basically spend every waking moment fixing all his shit because he never fucking learned anything. <laughs> so at least that's a positive. Yeah, yeah, thank goodness for that at least. Yeah, I mean, difference being she's been there for literally four days compared to that guy being there for like half a year between when he uh, was brought on and before I was like, fuck this, I'm leaving right now. <laughs> <laughs> God, I, I cannot imagine that they've, like, kept that mailroom going with just him and my supervisor. They had to have gotten somebody to replace me, because, like, if it was just my supervisor and that idiot, he, she definitely would have just strangled him to death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we both wanted to enough as is, but, like, she would not be able to run that place with him hanging around her neck and nobody else to try to help out. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. Me. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I can't really say much of anything else has been really going on during the last, well, not we, because we recorded last on Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> because of, uh, scheduling and stuff. Uh, yeah, no, that's basically been, like, the major thing. Uh, I did continue watching some more of, uh, hey. Dragon Prince Season 4. I'm almost, I'm almost, or Season 3, I'm almost done with Season 3. I think I have, like, two episodes left before okay. I'm done with that, and then I can finally move on nice, to Season nice. 4. <laughs> yeah, like... I get I get spoilers for a show that aired originally three years ago. Uh, I they just got to the the, the storm spire basically and climbed up it. Yeah, do be as you climb I, up. I, and I, I and I and I seem to be accurate that the final battle is going to be Viren and his asshole like weird magma zombies against everybody who's not a monster. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, I don't. <laughs> why is it that? None of those people really, like, freaked the fuck out when he turned Prince Kasev into one of those. And, like, nobody dropped their weapons and immediately fled. <laughs> they all just kind of were like, huh, well, that yeah, sucks. this is normal. But I guess we're getting that, too. Yeah, this is de- this is definitely normal, like, kingly behavior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I mean... I know some things about season four just because like my roommate has been uh, watching it oh, again. No. Like it's it's very funny. It's very funny to hear her be like, "Yeah, I love the show." And I was telling her like talking to her about season three that I got to, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't remember that at all." And it's like you you just huh. yeah. <laughs> you say you love the show and you just watched season four and you don't remember anything that happened before. I get I get that it's been a few years, but still, because like after season four, she watched all of the show again, <laughs> getting back to season four, which is when I saw her watching it, and it's like. How do you not know what happened? You just watched all of it again. Well, I will say this. It is a very uh, a blendy kind of a show. If you watch all of it together, it's yeah, very easy to forget, like, what goes where. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, like, uh, when I was thinking back to, like, season one and two, because, like, I, I eventually ended up looking up a synopsis of them again, aka going to uh, Wikipedia and just looking at the episodes <laughs> summaries that they have that are, like, three sentences long and really do not tell you fucking anything <laughs> about the stuff it's like it's just like oh and then they then like they find out that the prince's egg is still alive and they work together and it's like there's none of the, there's none of the whole like discussion about like racism towards like elves and <laughs> how the elves hate people because of them like 
doing dark magic and shit. No, they just skip over that shit in <laughs> Wikipedia articles. So yeah, uh, most of it I still remembered at least because like I, I mostly remember that like season one is them like trying to get the egg around and like it hatching in the end. <laughs> And then season two is like mostly being like, all right, I guess we're just going to keep going. And eventually at one point, uh, as we'll leave to go be king. And also uh, we'll have more Claudia and Soren in that. And uh, Soren almost dying and Claudia is starting to get white hair a lot. <laughs> I, I particularly know that like half her head is like all white after at some point in season four. Because I definitely saw that when my roommate was watching it. <laughs> I'm like, well, she definitely has to do more dark magic at some point. And, like, my roommate was like, oh, yeah, because I'm like, don't fucking say it. I'm not there yet. <laughs> like, I had to interrupt her. Like, don't spoil me on this shit, please. <laughs> so, yeah, hell. Meanwhile, I've been, like, sitting on, like, the knowledge of what happens in that Owl House episode. Yeah, yeah. Loved, and she hasn't watched that yet. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you want to spoil me on Dragon Prince? Meanwhile, I'm over here, like, about to fucking explode about Owl House. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's really all that's been yeah. going on. Like, I honestly haven't gotten all this much time to watch uh, Dragon Prince the last couple of days since the last recording because I had to kind of watch two episodes of She-Ra and write down notes about it <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Not much else going on. What about you? Uh, well, you know, it's it's been a quiet week for me. Uh, just dealing with the aftermath of my whole situation last week, so... What I mean by that is my mental health is suffering greatly, and I'm doing my best to get back into a routine. <laughs> um, yeah, that 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 could be rough getting back to some semblance of normality. Yeah, a little bit normalcy. Oh. I did um, beat Hades eight more times, so <laughs> I have escaped from that dang castle it, so many it, times. In like, in, in like the last four yep. days. I Jeez. know, right? Oh, well, you like. To- I guess, like, really, with Hades, like, the biggest uh, hurdle is beating Hades the, for the first time, because it's, like, a lot of, like, learning boss patterns, learning what, like, weapon and boon setups really work for your playstyle, mm-hmm. and then just being like, all right, I just need to get back here with, like, at least, like, two, preferably, like, three Death Defiances left over, because, like, it, it really sucks when you, like, are, like, in, like, uh, Asphodel and lose a, like, Death Defiance, so you're like, oh, fuck, I'm in, like, the second zone, and I already lost one, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Like, in one run, I think I went through, like, six Death Defiances. I had none Goodness. going into the, the the Temple of Sticks. And then, like, I had one uh, of those, like, uh, Well of Charon ones that refill. And I got two of uh, uh, Athena's boons that gave you another one and some other buff. So, like, I had burned through three getting <laughs> to the Temple of Sticks and then got three more in there. And I was able to beat Hades in that run. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this run was just destined to succeed, I guess. Because everything I did <laughs> was basically just trying to throw it in the trash. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Yeah. O- overall, uh, what'd you think? I know you had some issues with it, obviously, because it's roguelike. And I know that's not really your kind yeah, of Yeah, the... the game itself... I, I don't know how to talk about it in a weird way because I don't enjoy playing it is the problem. I Yeah, that might be an issue. <laughs> I'm stuck on it for reasons that I can't quite articulate, but I don't yeah. like actually the feel of how to play. The, the sort of hyperkineticness of it really doesn't work for me. But also, mm-hmm. I do enjoy the stories and the characters, so maybe I'm just pushing through for that. I don't know. Yeah, it, it sounds like you might actually like be having the opposite experience that I did with Metal Gear Solid Five, where like 
I hated the characters <laughs> in the MDS5. I hated the story. I hated fucking Kojima having his name 80 times in the credits in every fucking mission, just wanking all over that shit. <laughs> I hated, like, everything about that game, except actually playing it, because it was just a very good stealth game, and I liked just, like, sneaking around and shooting guys with a sleep dart, and then attaching a balloon to them while sneaking away again. <laughs> but I hated everything else about it. I never did part two of that game after you fight, like, the big, like, definitely not Metal Gear robot. <laughs> and so it's like, I don't give a fuck. I, I know that the lady breathes through her skin. I don't need the game to show me that thanks i don't care <laughs> but yeah it sounds like you're kind of having gaps in where it's like yeah like you're even though you don't much care for the actual gameplay itself everything else about it is yeah pretty much i will say um i'm a little annoyed by so you get credits after you escape nine times as far as i can tell mm-hmm. but oh, it's not 10, I, it's I believe 10. it's nine based on my count but uh, I have currently gotten out of there like 15 times, and I still haven't seen the end of the plot, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wonder how much of that is dependent on, like, how quickly you get to those, like, uh, endings to get to the credits, more or less. Because, like, every character has, like... Like, every time you get back to the House of Hades, like, every, like mostly every character has more dialogue. Oh, yeah, not absolutely. Repeats. Like, I finished all of the... <laughs> like, uh, they recorded a lot of shit. What is it, the, the Orpheus and the Achilles and the uh, the other one? There's three main, like, sub-stories, and I finished all of those, so... Oh, uh, gotcha. So, yeah, I just have to... <laughs> uh... <laughs> you're like i thought i was free and they just keep pulling me back in because they, they won't surely shut up. <laughs> surely do there is a prophecy which kind of gives you a clue as to what you need to do after you've gotten the credits so there's that and i'm pushing in that direction but i have no idea how long it'll take or how many escapes i'll actually have to do to finish <laughs> I, yeah, I'm actually not familiar with that because, like, I actually have not gotten credits to roll on Hades at all yet. I've had this game since like December 2018 when they first put in early access, and like, I, I like on well, at least on my Switch version when I double dipped and everything, I still only have like those like six or seven escapes or eight. I forget how much it was. I checked like a few week- recordings ago, <laughs> but uh, I haven't booted up and played it since just because like. It's, it's been a, it's been yeah. too much going on still games wise. I still need to beat Xenoblade <laughs> Three before Fire Emblem releases in like well, hey, two months. Well, hey, I mean, if you're at eight, you don't only need one more for credits. You might as well. <laughs> I, I think it's eight, yeah. But it's like, I mean, also again, like Pokemon down like an That's hour and true. a half. <laughs> not, not, not gonna stay up and ruin my sleep schedule. Exactly, because I'm gonna get up earlier so I can play before I go to work. I'm not gonna stay up late and fuck over my sleep schedule <laughs> playing after this. But, like, there's that, and like I said, I gotta play Beat Xenoblade, and then fucking Fire Emblem's in two yeah. months, and it's like, when, when do I have the fucking time to get back to games I have <laughs> that I haven't played in a while? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I guess the only other thing I really did this week, not counting, like, personal and school stuff, is, uh, I finally caught up on Andor, and I gotta say, when we first talked about it, I was a little down on the show, but I understand something now, and that is that Andor is not Star Wars. So that's 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 why I was having issues with it back then. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like uh, most people agree is probably for the best, because like most Star Wars, when you think of Star Wars, is just well, only one thing ever happened, <laughs> and it was uh, this kid uh, Anakin Skywalker existed, and then uh, fucked and had kids and became evil. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> 
because that's that's like every other Star Wars anything. It's just yeah, just comes around to these idiots. <laughs> Even though they're all fucking dead now at this point, we we're still gonna keep pretending like Skywalker is an important thing that somebody has to have the name of. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I I didn't really get the vibe of the show at first because it's very slow it's conversational um and i understand now yeah it's like, like see, it's seems very much not star wars in that regard because star wars is usually just action yeah. and not conversation yeah, now andor is very much about building a rebellion under a system of organized fascism is what this show is about mm-hmm. it uses star wars yeah. as a, a universe i guess because it's under the empire but this is just a story about a regular guy and how he can be driven to become a rebel in, you know, Nazi times. So, very appropriate for modern day. Uh, very cool. I, I love yeah. sort of the... Uh, there's a lot of what I would call solidarity there in different factions of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It is not a Star Wars story. It is just set there. <laughs> so. Yeah. Because I really the only thing I still know about obviously like all the fascists in, is in it is that like it stars uh, Cassian from Rogue yeah. One, right? That that's true. Does it have any? Does it have like any other Rogue One characters like uh, Not so far? Okay, like I, I guess like in K 2s like case like it seems like K two might still be from a time when the uh, when the Empire like did still kind of use like some battle droids. Cause, like I mean. <laughs> It's it's one of the biggest disconnects in Star Wars, where it's like in the span of like less than twenty years, they have like fully get rid of any like offensive like robots, basically for like a better term, in the Empire, well, and just go ahead and the, use. The Empire clones. never had offensive <laughs> robots, is the thing. But yeah, I guess yeah, true. Even though it's like I mean, the Separatists and the Clone Army were all basically just under the order of the same guy. In yeah. A sense. <laughs> so you get down yeah, to it. Yeah, but as far as like the general public is concerned they don't know all that the separatists were these bad guys from 20 years ago who had robots yeah that's true yeah only only people that are, like are still alive like yoda obi-wan would actually exactly. know that <laughs> yeah it's just like it's just one of those things that like sticks out the most like especially when like you see like a lot of droids in like something like uh yeah. mando where it's like you have like the pit crew like droids that are like from like the old like pod racer guys working on his ship at times you have like uh the bounty hunter from the very first episode who yeah. gets got and then brought back and then gets <laughs> got again yeah um, and like... there there is i think there are two k2s or k2 model droids but it's not that guy specifically mm-hmm. and they're still like imperial yeah. they haven't been reprogrammed and then also um it's, he's not a member of the Rebellion in this series. He's just, like, a regular guy mm-hmm. who keeps getting beaten down and arrested for no reason and sent to super jail. And <laughs> It's not about the Rebellion. It's about what causes a Rebellion. <laughs> so. Yeah. Like, you're not seeing, like, Mon Mothma. It's more just, like, you're seeing, like, the sparks that eventually well, leave. Well, no, actually, you super are seeing Mon Mothma. She's a major character. Oh, well, no, well, <laughs> well, I'm proven wrong immediately. <laughs> I'm not seeing Endor. For the, yeah, for it's, it's like the two different angles, right? Because he's the, the more on the ground. He's the person who's being oppressed actively by this empire. And she's the person who's inside it and trying to resist. She's the, the, the senator who's voting against the fascism and making herself a target by doing that. You know what I mean? 
She's yeah. not effective in any way whatsoever, and we see a lot of her agonizing about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's more of Mon Mothma than we ever actually got it before. It truly is. In, like, all of her appearance, because she was never a character. <laughs> yes. But also, there are lesbians here, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard that. I've heard people say, yay, it actually has queer rep, unlike the rest of Star Wars. Only Wars, barely, really. but they're there. <laughs> Well, more that already sounds like more so than they were in Rise of Skywalker, where they could be easily blurred out for countries like Russia. Oh no, we can't be together. We're secret agents for a burgeoning rebellion. What if one of us got caught? <laughs> you know that sort of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it? Is it like? I mean, I get that, like, they're, obviously, like, in K2SO's case, they reprogram a robot that worked for Nazis, essentially, but is that, like, still, like, not the greatest thing, because you're, like, effectively, like, I guess, like, it's probably a case that, like, K2 was programmed to be a Nazi, rather than, like, actually getting there himself. Well, yeah. So I guess probably not the best thing to reprogram him to not be a Nazi, but it still feels like you're taking away some sort of personality, even though they were programmed with it. Yeah, that's, uh... A thing that Star Wars has repeatedly refused to go in on, but I yeah. suggest, and there should be information about this, but as far as I know, there isn't. Droids generally tend to have their own personality, which is then wiped every year or so when they do their annual memory wipes, which is pretty bad, mm -hmm. but I would guess that probably Imperial droids don't ever even get to develop a personality in the first place. I think they're probably just, you know, empired out from the beginning. Yeah, probably. But it's funny that, it's weird that you mentioned that they get, like, uh, reprogrammed every year when it's like, and C-3PO gets reprogrammed, like, twice over the course of Star Wars, like, once to make him forget everything that he saw in the prequels because he would definitely not <laughs> keep it a secret, unlike R2-D2. And also, like, you know, when they air quotes reprogram him in Rise of Skywalker, and it, and it yeah. gets fixed to be, because, because nothing actually sticks in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, well, the thing is, is uh, that, uh, according movie. to Star Wars logic, you're supposed to memory wipe your droid every year, or else it will, quote, start developing a personality. <laughs> yeah. yeah, meanwhile, like, R2 having a personality is what people love about R2. He's a little guy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but that makes him a less efficient slave. <laughs> I, I guess in a sense, R2 remembers everything from like the 60 years that R2's been in yeah, operation. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's why they don't memory wipe him. He's got like dirt he... on everybody. <laughs> yeah, at no point does he ever go like, hey Luke, I knew your dad and your mom. Your dad was kind of a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of killed your mom. That was literally your dad's best friend slash companion droid for over 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, well, I guess, yeah, like uh, basically ever since like... Uh, yeah, because R2 was hanging out with Padme uh, between the mm -hmm. two, yeah, so, like, pretty much, like, hanging out with Anakin. Uh, there's, like, a five-year skip between episodes two and three, right? Something uh, like that. Something like I that. Think... I don't really recall. I, I think it was five years, but, yeah, he's basically hanging out with Anakin all the time during the yep. Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, never brings that up. It's like... Like, like R2 just in there at the end of Rise of Skywalker could be like, ah, shit, I never told them all that <laughs> shit before they all died. I had, like, 60 years, like, I had, like, basically 60 years, or I guess, like, closer to, like, 50 with uh, Luke, Leia, and Han to tell them stuff. And it's like, dang, I never told them all that shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Came and told their grandkid, because he's also dead. Oh, well, rip. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, that fucking movie. Bad, terrible, bad movie. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of space adventures, would you like to get into our episode for this week? <laughs> yeah, we probably should. Okay, uh, so my episode this week is she Season 5, Episode 2, Launch. That's right, I'm back on the evens, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we open on a big, like, mechanical flower-looking thing, and this... It kind of looks a bit like a fish hook to me. <laughs> uh, we open on a big mechanical Rorschach test-looking thing, and... <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant space dick, is what it is. Um... It really is a space dick, yeah. They're slamming to the ground. <laughs> but it, I think it's, like, the fact that it has, like, some weird, like, lightning gear on the sides that made me think it looks like a fish yeah, hook. so we see, like, green lights go up the sides of it, and... It turns out that this thing is like a gigantic comet beacon, because uh, the way it works is uh, holographic prime just is projected from the tower all over it, so he's like 50 feet tall. It's uh, it's ripped for the planet's pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I hey, he's jamming his big like metal space decks into the planet so that he can give a speech. <laughs> That's just not an accurate uh, <laughs> equation, I guess. In a sense. Okay, just gonna go ahead and write down big metal space sticks for the title. <laughs> you know, as soon as, uh, as well, I thought you were gonna say that you're gonna write down "rip for the planet's pleasure." Because, <laughs> like, as soon as I th- that, as soon as that uh, phrase popped in my head, it's like this is definitely the title. <laughs> We're gonna lure. We're gonna lure back in that guy you said is even going around just liking a bunch of like uh, vaguely sex related yeah, yeah, podcast yeah. titles. <laughs> <laughs> just being like, no, come back. Maybe you should actually listen to us. Look, we have more dick jokes in our episode titles. <laughs> Props to that guy. I don't know who it is. <laughs> I could. I, I did not see uh, that guy's like profile or anything. But hey, good on you for giving us a like just because you like the title. It's all yes, masturbation. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Prime is here to tell the planet to, you know, rejoice, because he is here to bring them peace. You know, they're they're just part of the greater galactic empire now, whether they like it or not. And he's going to make the whole world better for them. All it will cost is uh, She-Ra. They, they have to turn her in, or else they're all going to get annihilated. So, you know. <laughs> we do get some cuts all over the planet while he's making this speech, and apparently he's landed these towers just like every half mile, so I have no idea how many of them they he brought, but like that's a lot of metal space sticks. Um And then we end on a shot of some princesses watching from just like a convenient overlook somewhere, and they can see four or five of him, which is how I'm judging the distance between them. And they're talking about how bad this is. But after the credits, we get a shot of Adora lying on the floor because floor time is super important for lesbians and uh, you need to give them that yeah. enrichment activity. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep, Sapphics just truly do love the floor. We saw it with Family, we see it here with Adora, I'm pretty sure we saw it with Katra sure at did. some point. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you just can't stop them from uh, eventually gravitating Plus, towards I the mean, floor. Like, Luz just sleeps on the floor most of that show, so... <laughs> see, at least still has a yeah, sleeping bag. Um... I don't think that fully counts because you're not just, like, direct contact. Like, I mean, yeah, she is making direct contact with the floor, but she has, like, padding underneath her. It's not like she's just, like, laying on the hardwood floor. Well, I see what you're getting at. Which is, she did it on a I carpet mean, here. It's... <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, Adora has actually, like, Adora was provided with more, like, floor coverage in a camp uh, tent than uh, Ida gave her at all. I'm kind of shocked she has a private room in this hastily assembled rebel camp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they probably just, like, defer to her just because she is, like, Sira or what she runs. So they're like, yeah, she probably should get, like, yeah, her own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because she's also, like, air quotes sick at the time. Yeah, well, so Bo shows up with her dinner, only to freak out when he discovers her on the floor, because apparently what's happening is uh, she's trying to leave, but she's so exhausted she can't stand, so she's just, like, inchworming her way out, <laughs> because she's so desperate to save Glimmer, she's gonna do it, even though she has four levels of exhaustion. Um, <laughs> Frosta, Micah, and Swiftwind all barge in, and right as Bo gets Adora to sleep, they just wake her right back up again demanding to know how she's doing and, you know, if she knows about that big message and so on and so forth, but Bo quietly tells them that the ship is repaired and ready to go, but they're waiting for Adora to not be actively dying before they leave. <laughs> uh, Entrapta also barges in at this point to try and record an Adora sick dialogue, but she gets thrown out on her heels. Uh, I do like her new mask, the, the sort of bug theme. It's much better than the old welding mask. Yeah, yeah, she's she's had that since uh, Beast Island. Yeah, I but I think but, this yeah, is like... probably her best look at it. <laughs> yeah, I think mean, probably hard for her to get like the proper parts to make her like proper mask again. So she just has. Yeah, this. but this one is better. Is the thing. It... Yeah, and Trapta is the kind of person that, like, uh, when the pandemic started, she at least decided to get like uh, custom-made masks that actually have like fun patterns. <laughs> Just because it's like, well, if we're going to wear these things for, oh, who knows at this point how long, probably the rest of our lives, the rate we're fucking going, because we don't give a fuck, uh, you might as well at least make it a nice accessory. <laughs> uh, yeah. I still don't have any fun ones like that. I have a few that have, like, trans and the non-binary flag and everything, but I don't have any that's, like, a cat face or anything. I mean, no time like the present. <laughs> True. <laughs> So out around the campfire, uh, the other princesses are just kind of talking about how hopeless this all is, because uh, as Marmista points out, they know Glimmer is on Prime's ship, but they don't know where Prime's ship is in, you know, all of space, so that's a big search area. Uh, Perfuma has the little D&D &D figures from before and wants to use them to make a plan somehow, but uh, Frosta is just all in on punching Prime immediately, so uh, love the punch of Nazi enthusiasm, but you gotta find the Nazi first. Sorry, kid. Um... Yeah, it's a little hard to punch the Nazi when you don't know where exactly. the Nazi be. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could just keep punching until you find him, but you're going to hit some other stuff in the way, and that's a problem, too. So then Perfuma suggests some absolute nonsense, just like meditating on their princess connection to find a trace of Glimmer's spirit energy out in space, which is not a thing that they can do, and it's also not a thing that druids <laughs> can do, I promise. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean... They don't know that you can't use your uh, runestone magic in space, so it's like, they might be like, well, maybe we can, like, try to find her that way, but, like, it's it's something that I'll bring up later, but I don't like the fact that they just bring nobody with actual magic aboard the ship, because they don't know that magic doesn't work in space. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you only bring the person who's depowered, the person that gets distracted by tech, and the person that is actually sensible and responsible? <laughs> Bring somebody that you think can, like, shoot lightning, well, and then realize, oh, we can't shoot lightning, but at least we have another person. Well, we'll talk about that later, but they did plan to bring at least one magic user with them, and then that got derailed. Um, yeah, so, like, I don't know, my just, they've never done anything like this before. They've never just meditated to find each other, you know what I mean? 
So I don't... Yeah, true. Yeah. This is just a D&D character desperately trying to use one of their abilities to do something it can't do based on what the name of it is. <laughs> just being... Just being... Yeah, just being like, uh, can I make an arcana check here to try to, like... It's basically like trying to make a, a fucking uh, dredge the undertow check. <laughs> but you don't have that ability in D&D 5e, so you're like, I think I could do this with arcana. You know uh. what this is? This is someone with halfling nimbleness going, well, I should be able to evade the fireball. I have halfling nimbleness. Just assuming that because of the name you can do that, even though that's not what the ability does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, Entrapta just shows up immediately at the mention of space and uh, there's just a kind of a down moment here because they clearly don't know how to feel about her being there after all the horde stuff which i feel is a little ironic and hypocritical because scorpia is literally right there with them yeah yeah i guess the difference is that like scorpia hasn't really like well no she actually has directly fought them before because she fucked over with uh princess yeah, remember when she was gonna throw glimmer like... off that bridge to her death <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do actually <laughs> you say that, but it's like, I guess the difference is that, like, that's just Scorpia doing, like, what she has to do compared to Entrapta making a bunch of robots that can heal themselves and replicate themselves, <laughs> which were uh, a fucking nightmare to deal yeah. with. <laughs> so Perfuma does try to explain what they were talking about, but Entrapta interrupts her to start freaking out about space and how much she loves it, and then Mermista shuts her up by, to be a little mean, which, like, understandable, but it's it's still mean. They're all freaked out about needing to save Glimmer, and they're upset that she just doesn't get the mood. Uh, Scorpia tries to distract her by pointing out a robot somewhere in the distance, and tries to cover for her a little, talking about how she's not very good at making friends, but she'll be there for them if they give her a chance. And They do have to, you know, they, they, they bring up the whole betraying them thing to Scorpia again, <laughs> which, I don't know. It's like... Scorpia didn't betray them, that's true, but she did betray the Horde, and I personally would be sus at least a little bit about this, because... Yeah, like, I mean, she's already betrayed the Horde once, there's really no guarantee she wouldn't also betray you at the point yeah, that it would like, be Yeah, like, did we learn nothing from Shadow Weaver? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's something that I don't even remember when particularly it happens, but I think it's, like, it's a point where, like, everybody, like, kind of goes quiet, and, like... You see Frosta, like, kind of put her hands, like, over her chest a bit. Uh, she had, like, the ice encasing all over her hands, and they just, like, pop out of existence. They don't, like, melt, or she doesn't, like, unsummon them or anything. They just disappear in one <laughs> frame after they were there at the previous. And it's like, what is, what is this animation? I guess they spent too much animation in the rest of the episode because they also don't have the animation for an actual fight scene at the end. So they just do single st still images. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, what's going on if you are already... I mean, obviously, this is just like a like a goof, like uh, you know, I will have said goofs at times too of like people having like not the right coloration in like their hair or whatever. But it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that little animation. Like they didn't even like have her just like throw the ice away; it just popped off her hands and it's just nowhere to be seen. Well, as we all know, Frosta is using a three point five legacy class, the Cryokineticist, which has been adapted for five E. And, and the cryokineticist can drop concentration on their icy fist as a uh, free action, so <laughs> I'm just saying. What fucking book is that from? Uh, that was one of the psionic books from 3.5. Ah, uh, the books nobody ever looked at. <laughs> I tell you what, the reason I know this class is because I definitely played one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean... 
It's like, I mean, how I only know, like, uh, Favorite Soul from any of the complete books, because, like, we had a Favorite Soul in the party in the very first campaign I played, and I played the Favorite Soul at 1.2, so it's like, that's only what I remember. I remember that that's where uh, the original Hexblade was, and Swashbuckler were in, which were ass back then, and now they're, like, some of the top-tier subclasses <laughs> for 5e. But it's like, nobody liked the original Hexblade or, sub or Swashbuckler. But, like, a lot of, the like a lot of those uh, classes had, like, the one... Or those, a lot of those books had, like, the one class that was just bullshit, like the Shujenja from Complete Divine, where it's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Well, the reason, I like, the Cryokineticist is a psychic class that's just so good at having a cold mind, so to speak, that they can manifest ice. And so, like, one of their main things is encasing their fists in ice and punching people with them, which is why I bring it up for Frosty, you know? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah, um... At any rate, after this discussion, the princesses agree to give Entrapta a chance because... Not because they really like her or want to trust her, but because she's the only one who might be able to track Glimmer through space. <laughs> um, speaking of which, uh, in Glimmer's cell, she suddenly gets the feeling that she's being watched, even though she can't see through the force field door, because this force field can turn opaque. I hate this. I would hate it a lot if I were in there. Um... It's Catra on the other yeah. side of it, but she is quickly accosted by a Prime clone. And I say a Prime clone, but this is a brainwashed Hordak. Uh, he insists that she shouldn't be there because no one is allowed to speak to the Queen, and she tries to, like, shake him off, but he gets all ragey, insisting that she's not even worthy of being noticed by Prime, until Prime fully does the assuming direct control thing from Mass Effect 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny that you use that same phrase because uh, in my episode, I definitely have a part where I mentioned that somebody gets assumed direct <laughs> control. Because <laughs> that's, I mean, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Like, it's just, like, he's not, uh, just obviously, like, saying assuming direct control like Harbinger uh. does. <laughs> like... It's it's just still that. It's just fully that. It thing. absolutely is that thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Prime talking through Hordak also warns her off, and then he just kind of politely takes Glimmer away. Uh, back in the Rebel camp, Adora wakes up with the sunrise and grabs uh, the broken hilt of the Sword of Protection for no real reason, I don't think, and heads outside where she meets the ghost of Shira. <laughs> uh, it. it... I think it was because she was having one of those dreams where she was, like, uh, holding the sword, and she woke up holding it. Oh, no, she definitely reaches out and picks it up. <laughs> but, yeah, oh. she grabs it and prepares herself for an adventure, and then she goes outside where she meets the ghost of She-Ra, who just sort of takes off, and Adora chases her. So, good planning, I guess. We're going to talk a lot about how she's the one who does planning in this episode, but uh, she's not doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Adora kind of just overall mostly just sits these two episodes yeah, out. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> She's like, "All right, let let Catherine Glimmer take the spotlight for a bit here. I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce." <laughs> yeah. Uh, elsewhere, Entrapta is like analyzing the communication tower from I want to say about half a mile away. Basically, her thought is that uh, if Prime is broadcasting from somewhere, then they can track the signal back and find the ship that way. Which, like, hypothetically, because, of course, his comms network is just mad complex, and also they don't have the frequency yet, so they need to get really super close to the tower. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of don't like how the other characters are acting like she's saying, like, a bunch of, like, language that is completely impossible to understand. It's like, Entrapta's not using complex terms, like... 
Like, you would think that Scorpia at the least would understand because A, she's been around and trapped them before, and B, she's from the Fright Zone, which has, like, more advanced tech than Ethereum's yeah, do. So it's like, you would think that it wouldn't be that hard to understand what she's saying. So, like, I don't like that she has to be like, I'm talking about how I need to go to the tower to do the thing. And then everybody's like, oh, okay, I got you. You're not, you're talking in non-dork now. <laughs> and it's like, that, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't come across as good. There's also a thing here, and we'll talk about this more later, I think, but Mermista makes a comment about hating the desert, because they're in the desert, and so she can't use her powers. But uh, as we find out later, they're not in the desert. This is the Fright Zone, so I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, like, it looks like this is just, like, the edge of the uh, Whispering Woods, where it's, like, just, like, that, like, kind of wasteland, but not, like, desert-desert. That just separates the Whispering Woods from the Fright Zone, basically, that we saw, like, way back in episode one. I guess, but, yeah, no, this is this is fully just the Fright Zone. <laughs> um, yeah, so, Remista does say that there's, like, tons of drones around the tower, so they have to figure out a way to sneak in. And that's pretty much her entire plan, TBH, because Adora usually does that, I guess. We haven't really seen Adora do that, but there you go. Uh, so Mermista's plan is uh, take a party who has no sneak proficiencies, uh, sneak in, and then punch their way out if they get caught. So this is absolutely a D&D game. Um. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I mean, Perfuma might have stealth proficiency. She lives in the woods. She probably has to, like, at least know to, like, avoid predators and, like, other Perfuma monsters. Perfuma absolutely does Ethereum. not have stealth proficiency. If she got jumped by a predator, she'd <laughs> she just tie it up. <laughs> She she might have been like she might claim she has self proficiency, but maybe she in actuality she just has the highest uh, dex out of these yeah, people. Absolutely. <laughs> She's like, well, it's like it's good enough. <laughs> it's not. It could be better. It could have like another plus three if I actually have proficiency. But eh, <laughs> I took Warcaster last level. I didn't take Skill Expert. Yeah, I mean, what do we got here? We got a Cryokineticist. We got a Sea Witch. Uh, we got um, a Druid. Uh... <laughs> I don't really know what to call Scorpia, so maybe Scorpia, but none of those classes have stealth proficiency. Uh, I mean, Scorpia is probably just a fighter with like a couple levels of sorcerer at this point. That'd be more than a couple if she has like. Well, uh, yeah, I guess I guess like she uh, she had some levels stacked up that she was like, I don't know what to do. You know with what? These, she could she just be all at once to get five levels of sorcerer. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, she has, like, a th like Thunderclap or yeah, something. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, she could have stealth proficiency, I think, and so could Entrapped in theory, but they clearly don't. <laughs> well, we've seen uh, Scorpia sneak successfully into one place, but not the other. I mean, she got immediately caught trying to sneak back into the Fright Zone. But she did sneak into Bright Moon, but also we've established before that nobody, none of the guards at Bright Moon actually do anything <laughs> at all. So I don't think that was really sneaking in so much as walking in and nobody paying the Well, there's attention. the other thing that we have to deal with. So we've seen Scorpia sneak, right? When she sneaks, she does like the Hanna-Barbera cartoon tiptoe. And she's oh, not doing yeah, that in this yeah. episode. She's just running. So Yeah, she, yeah Scorp Scorpia tries to sneak in like Kronk when he has uh, Cusco in yeah. the back. <laughs> just like pressed up against a wall as two old people looking right at you. <laughs> Being like, nailed yeah. it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so we cut over to, uh, to Prime's ship. And he has brought Glimmer to his trophy hall where he keeps all the junk that he has stolen from the worlds he's conquered. It's very British museum of him. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, also, I just gotta say, uh, in my notes that I have here, do you also get the sense that, like, in some, for some reason, I thought that Prime kind of looks a bit like Genji from Overwatch, but he has, like, techno dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think it's because he has primarily, a like, a green and white color scheme, which is also Genji's in at least Overwatch 1. I don't know how much they fucked up Genji in Overwatch 2, <laughs> considering that they fucked up everything in Overwatch 2. But, like, I was just like, he kind of looked like Genji if he had techno dreadlocks and not just, like, a weird, like, uh, helmet. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I can't say that I ever really felt like that, but that's mostly because Genji does have that full head helmet, so... Yeah, I think I think that's the big thing about it. But also the color scheme is the thing. Yeah, but even then, I don't like Prime doesn't have enough steel gray in there. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, Genji has like a little bit more gray than white, I guess, in the original design. If I'm right. Yeah, because he's like a metal ninja. So. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Prime tells Glimmer that he doesn't like blowing up planets, but you know, sometimes you just have to burn away the chaff to save the wheat. It's like farming or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you might not like it, but you know, somebody's got to burn planets down. Exactly, it's like uh, so, so someone's got to re- someone's got to actually follow through with the Dimension Twenty T-shirt of burn cities, get money. <laughs> well, you know, it's like how uh, nature is actually built around a cycle of forest fires. It's just that uh, sometimes you uh, have a society that exacerbates the severity of those fires and. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about uh, Horde Prime or most of yeah, either or both. <laughs> yeah, so he shows Glimmer just this like glowing orb thing, which is apparently a keepsake from the first world he conquered. Uh, he says it is the last remnant of the people who made it. So you know, with this not so subtle threat on the table, he asks again where Shira is because all he wants is to use the weapon to bring peace to the universe. You know all about that, Glimmer. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, you wanted to do that uh, like three episodes ago. Not even. Glimmer. She wanted to do that last episode. <laughs> um, well, uh, no, last episode was when she was already captive, and she kind of like she admits in the season four finale that she was fucking wrong when like she's like getting uh, all of her magic drained out, basically. <laughs> when she's like there in front of Catra, like she's about to I ice Catra. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like that was at least the start of her realizing it, and by the time that she's on Horde Prime's ship, like, a week or two later, or whatever what the time frame is, she's probably like, yeah, that was a fucking mistake. <laughs> yeah, so, this is where she, verbally at least, this is where she realizes that that was a bad idea, and she tells Hordak that, yeah. but, or sorry, Prime, not Hordak, what am I talking about? <sighs> <laughs> Turns out maybe you shouldn't have... Well, I get that Horde, Hordak probably took the name from the first part yep. of Horde Prime. To, but it's like, it's it's a little confusing at times. It's like how like every female character in this show has a name that ends with A. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you know, this uh, wiping everybody out is apparently what Prime wants. He, he's planning to do a universal genocide because if he does that, then there is no more war or pain. Just dead people. <laughs> uh, he... No- Flawless logic. Flawless logic. I, I kind of get the feeling that he and his whatever you want to call it, hive mind of clones, would somehow survive this because you know you don't get megalomaniacal gonna conquer the galaxy for peace guys who don't want to spare themselves from what everybody else gets. But mm-hmm. yeah, so he he's well aware that she was trying to fire the weapon. He says he just wants to do what she was doing and. Then he brings up footage of King Micah fighting some of his robots. 
because Glimmer did not know until this point that Micah was alive, so she is pretty upset by this. Uh, Prime is using Micah as a threat here, because if Glimmer will give up She-Ra, he'll let Micah and Glimmer live with him in peace. Forever. It'll be great. You won't get blown up by my super laser, totally. Um, <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> and Glimmer has a little bit of a crisis of conscience here, realizing, you know, basically that she was Prime for a little bit. <laughs> And uh, all she did was bring him to Etheria and cause all these problems. So then she... Yep, yep. yep. Then you, yeah, you really do realize that this is all Glimmer's fault because he was... I mean, he was like, yeah, I wasn't like really doing anything. But then I saw a planet emerge that had a bunch of like energy spike with it. So I figured I should check this the fuck out. And it's like, this wouldn't have happened, Glimmer, if you fucking listened to Dora and didn't get Scorpia uh-huh. aligned to the Black Garnet. So that, yeah, this is all on you. <laughs> All these people and your planet dying, that's on you, Glimmer. Feel bad. <laughs> Maybe you should, like, abandon the throne because you're like, I clearly can't lead. Uh, there's, there shouldn't be queens anyway. Interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, what she does in response is uh, declares that she will never help Prime and just smashes this relic of his conquest, which, I don't know, this feels bad to me. Like... I get that it's his trophy or whatever. He's keeping it as a prize. But also, art has cultural value, and sometimes it's better to deny that to your invaders by destroying it. But this is not her art, and it's not her call. I don't know why she does this. <laughs> yeah, probably just because she's like, I can't do jack shit to him I otherwise. Guess. The only thing I can do is rob him of his toy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like... I don't talk about this a lot, but uh, my undergraduate degree is in poetry. I do write poems, believe it or not, and I don't really show them to anybody ever. I would absolutely burn them before I let a Nazi get their hands on my work, but also I don't feel like I would let someone else make that choice for me. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like one of those things of like, you know, because I have like my little like uh, journal to like just like uh, fucking rant about like some personal shit in my life too and i'm like uh, would this be something that would be like interesting to actually like publish just to get like the view of a trans person during the pandemic during a really shitty time in the world it's like mm, maybe but also i definitely do call out some assholes by name on that book <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of those assholes might be directly related to me but they deserve it <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, it, it's, like, anything ever happened to me, it's, like, it's kind of like the, the Diary of Anne Frank situation, yeah. right? Where it's, like, uh, she didn't pub- get the chance to publish that herself because she got killed in the concentration camps, but her dad found it afterwards and then, like, was, like, I'm going to publish this. But, like, I feel like it's a little different when you're just, like, talking about what it's like to be in, like, an attic with, like, like kind of, like, two or three families. I forget, I forget how many of them were. I think it was, like, another person besides, like, their... Yeah, I think it was, like, their family, the, uh, the family of the... That had, like, the guy that she had a bit of a crush on. I think there was, like, one or two other people. I don't think it was, like, a full family. I think it was just, like, an individual person. It's been, like, since, like, high school since I read the Diary of Anne Frank, to be fair. So, uh, but, yeah, it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, that's a little different where it's, like, that's just you giving your view of being in this little, like, tiny house compared to, yeah, these people suck. <laughs> <laughs> these people that are personally in my life, they suck. <laughs> They're assholes. It's, like, a little yeah, different, a little <laughs> in a sense. Um, yeah. Uh, so we cut back to Etheria <laughs> from Anne Frank. <laughs> yep, um, there goes gravity. <laughs> and uh, at the tower, Mermista leads the sneak squad up. 
Um, they they absolutely have entrapped on a leash, so she can't wander off because they learned from last time. <laughs> and uh, basically, just right out in the open, Entrapta starts getting a signal and climbs up like a spire, which almost gets her caught by a drone, but Perfuma is able to get her into cover. Except this gets them separated from the rest of the crew, so she asks Mermista for advice, but they are just awful at charades. And by the time she figures out what Mermista is saying, Entrapta has slipped the leash and wandered off. So that was super effective. Good job, team. Um, yep. And she just bumps right the heck into a battle droid, which uh, she starts hitting on. <laughs> she is into this robot. <laughs> Yeah, the bit where they're doing the charades uh, very much is uh, kind of funny coming off of uh, starting to watch Dragon Prince Season 3, where it's like that very first episode is like, he wants me to vomit on the dragon? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, Rayla, how could you interpret that from what Callum's telling you? But at least with this, it's like, well, you're not actually, like, looking over your shoulder to see that in chapters 1 that yeah. off. <laughs> As she does all the time. That's why you have her on a literal leash. Maybe you should be paying attention to her all the time. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, this battle droid is not into uh, girls at all, so Frosta has to kill it. Um, uh, the thing is, though, that sets off the security, and just way more bots start swarming out of the tower. Uh, we get, they all like huddle behind a ridge as Mermista has a crisis of faith, saying that she should have never tried to be the leader, and when Entrapta pipes up that they'd need to get closer again because she utterly cannot read a room... Mermista just goes off on her for, you know, not paying attention to anything around her and, like, not caring about people and not being trustworthy. And This is where Entrapta realizes that they're mad at her, and I feel that this is very relatable because she just doesn't understand people unless they say what they're feeling. Yeah. And, yeah, they, they give her kind of a dressing down about how she doesn't care about how her actions affect people and how... They're still dealing with the trauma from their kingdoms being attacked by her inventions. And she sets it out, really. She, she she breaks down. She gives the immortal line, I'm not good at people, which... <sighs> yeah. Relatable. <laughs> she thought... Yeah. Did we also did we also skip over? Sorry, I don't mean to backtrack, but did we skip over the part where they completely, absolutely destroying Entrapta's ass bone by pulling her off the spire? <laughs> I, I did skip that. Yes. <sighs> okay, I wanted to bring it up because yes, uh, Entrapta's ass bone is dust uh, at this point. Uh, I mean, take it from experience of somebody who was uh, fell like maybe uh, two feet down onto theirs uh, because of a fucking. Uh, pallet stuck at in like a uh, divot in the ground at their old job and had to go see a doctor and be out of work for like a few days because of uh yeah it turns out falling on your on your tailbone fucking sucks <laughs> and could actually cause real damage potentially fortunately i was lucky but like her she gets pulled off of that spire like and falls like 20 feet directly onto her ass her her ass bone is completely broken and Chapter does not have an ass anymore <laughs> i'm sorry but i get that this is a cartoon but still <laughs> i was just like as soon as i saw that it's like this mm, definitely feeling a bit of a flashback to uh l less than a year and a half ago when it happened to me <laughs> it was awful it was a bad experience. I remember talking about it in uh, the Discord group at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I recall. Not that. recommended. Yeah, I had I I didn't have one of those like uh like seat donuts, so I brought like a pillow from like my couch to just sit on at work just to take less pressure off of it. <laughs> it sucked. Not do not recommend. Don't fall on your <laughs> butt. 
Okay, well, uh, if I can get right back into the uh, stirring emotional <laughs> yeah. discourse. <laughs> Just a little PSA for the audience Intrata, there. Intrata, <laughs> her butt entirely demolished, says that she thought that she could use what her... <laughs> she thought she could use what she's good at to get people to like her, but she couldn't read the room, and it really bothers her that they were upset this whole time, and she didn't know it. And then she just kind of takes off, running straight for the tower through No Man's Land. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Ramista stops her by grabbing her hair, which, like, ow. And... <laughs> yeah. That hair is sentient, uh -huh. Or at least prehensile. But Entrapta apologizes for messing things up and for being bad at listening, but she says she has to get this signal for because they need it and Glimmer needs it. And Ramista is very surprised that she actually cares about that and just lets her go and shifts into combat command mode. Uh, basically, she and the others are going to cover uh, Entrapta while she gets up to the tower to get the signal. And, yeah, so, again, they claim that this is in the desert, so Hermista does not have powers, but the others are able to put up a good fight against the bots. But then, like, near the end of the fight, again, this is indeed the Fright Zone, so she rips the sewers out of the ground to use that water. And... Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't look like the Fright Zone, but the Fright Zone sewers are here, so here we go. Uh, they clear out enough bots just to have a like a brief reprieve. Nothing huge, but Entrapta was able to like focus up, get the job done, and she intercepted a signal. And the signal is that Prime is sending reinforcements, like, now. So, uh, oops. <laughs> they clear out... Yeah. Uh, back in the woods, Adora is still chasing the ghost of She-Ra because she only has three scenes in this episode when there's a flash of light and she just winds up in that same field where she first came to Etheria through the big portal, which is like open and flo floating in front of her. Uh, she asks the ghost of She-Ra for advice, saying that she really doesn't know what to do, but it just keeps staring at her and she starts being a little defensive, saying that, you know, she doesn't regret what she did, it was important, but uh, she misses her other self. She misses being able to switch back and forth into that big muscly body. She misses being important, strong, having a destiny. Uh, she misses having another body because she's super gender fluid and only just now realized it. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, no, you know, it was never her destiny. It was just random chance because Light Hope grabbed the first baby she could. <laughs> And uh, Adora doesn't really know what her destiny is anymore, but she does know that her friends need help, so she'll figure it out from there. And we cut to her waking up, back in bed in camp, refreshed, re refreshed and relaxed. But uh, actually, Bo is here, and they're getting escaped by the others, warning them that the reinforcements are incoming, so they have to go now. Uh, everybody shows up at the ship at, at the same time here, so I don't know. I guess it was equidistant between the locations. But, uh... Mm -hmm. Yeah, the GM didn't want to figure out like actual like distance and how much time it would take, so it's just oh everybody gets yeah, to the same much. time. Uh, Adora gives Mermista <laughs> a little bit of compliment, uh, telling her that the rebellion is good hands. So I guess uh, Mermista is the vice president of rebelling. Uh, she's going to be in charge while Adora's gone. Um, oh yeah, she's she is she's uh, Sira after all. So yeah, she's well, yeah, that's true. I would just think I don't know, maybe like the king or something. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That guy ain't the king anymore. His, his daughter is the queen. He's just a dude. He doesn't get to be king anymore. Fuck Listen, him. the king father is a position that most royalty have. <laughs> yeah, but fuck it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so 
he's like the Jafar in this case. He's the royal vizier. He ain't nothing more. <laughs> Why are you robbing him of his... <laughs> if royalty stops being royalty, get, get... like... Hypothetically, if Queen Elizabeth had stepped down as queen before she died, she would have still been what was called the Queen Mother, which is to say a royal position of monarchy, just not the active monarch, if that makes sense. So that's like, that's the vibe I'm getting here. <laughs> I mean, I mean, monarchies don't, <laughs> they don't make sense as a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, you're right, but there's a succession of power here, and they're just ignoring it in favor yeah. of a teenager. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they really yeah. are. <laughs> I guess because I guess it's like, well, she got she got coronated, so I guess it's official. Sorry, Michael, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> we can't undo that shit. We we don't have the worm available at the moment to be like, okay, let's undo, let's yeah. veto that shit, <laughs> undo it. <laughs> we can't. We need the worm to re to do the the whole like pro uh, ceremony thing in reverse of trying to get the, the fire off of the thing, and we don't have the worm at the moment. Sorry. I think the worm is just hanging out in Brighton and wondering where everybody went. Oh, absolutely, because nobody's ever to tell the worm anything, nor get the worm ah. to help out, so the worm ain't being it. The worm is definitely not being told that they're all leaving, because <laughs> if so, the worm would have been like, okay, I'll come along and help protect you, I guess, because uh. I'm supposed to serve the royal family, so I'll go with you, and it's like, no, the worm's like, yeah, nobody's called me in the last couple of weeks, what's <laughs> going on? <laughs> yeah, um, so Mr. passes on some compliments to Entrapta, you know, giving her the official title of weirdo, so she's in the club now. And saying that she did a good job today. Uh, the other princesses will have her back from now on. And there's a big group hug before Swifty pulls Adora away because, you know, he's upset, but he can't go on the ship. Uh, he's staying on Etheria because he wants to protect his home, and he's really upset about being separated from her. Uh, I feel like they probably already knew he wasn't going on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you usually don't bring, really bring horses yeah, on so ships. not so much. But Adora tells him that she's proud of his choice, and they have a touching moment for once and talk about how she might not be She-Ra anymore, but he's still her loyal steed and always will be. And then a bunch of uh, Prime bots show up, and the princesses run. Uh, She-Ra and Swifty make themselves a target for all the bots, but uh, as they draw them away, it's revealed that this is actually Micah who has illusioned himself to be She-Ra, which, uh, interesting. Hmm, I wonder. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you say that Swifty will always be Shira's loyal seed. Uh, only until he gets reduced to zero hit points and poofs, because Odora can't cast five <laughs> seed anymore. <laughs> uh, fair. <laughs> um. It's okay, Ricky. I've made a flight. I'll never die. <laughs> the dog is fine, everybody. <laughs> Uh, the many deaths of Vox. <laughs> Every time it makes Ricky You may notice, Swiftwind absolutely does cast Thunder Wave in this fight, even though he's not supposed to be able to do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, the GM decided to let the horse have something useful. The horse at some point, like, Adora at some point got a magic guide that lets the horse have access to some things, because the horse can actually be useful <laughs> now. Like, she definitely didn't take mounted combat, like, combat, because she never really, like, fights on oh, top sure. of Swiftwind, really. So it's like, hey, you gotta let the horse do something. So uh, the horse once a day can cast another wave. <laughs> the there game, you go. Like a ring of spell story so or like... something. Um... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I mean, if if an artifact, if a uh, battlesmith's uh, skilled defender can use a spell storing item, why can't uh, why can't this? Yeah. Exactly. Horse? <laughs> um, yeah. Go. So since all the princesses have bought enough time, they kill all the bots. I don't know why they didn't just do that in the first place. 
But then they see the ship soar away into space. And we end on Micah being sad he couldn't go with, but understanding that he had to stay because they couldn't have taken off otherwise. He was supposed to be on the ship with them, but he was needed on the ground to cover for their escape is the thing. Um, oh, okay. But still, they could have brought, like, literally yeah. anybody with this... them as well that, like, has magical... Like, again, they don't know magic, at least, like, Princess Magic doesn't work no. in space. You probably could have been like, we'll take Scorpia at the least, well... too. And then be like, oh, okay, well, at least Scorpia still swole us out as a stinger. <laughs> you know, I think this might actually be why they were planning on leaving it in Vermista's hands, because if they were going to take Micah into space with them, like... Yeah. <laughs> uh... Uh, yeah, uh, he he trusts Glimmer's friends, and they're gonna get him back, get her back, and uh, that's the end of the episode. Or at least it should be. But despite it being the perfect end of the episode, uh, we cut away <laughs> to Glimmer in her cell, and Catra comes just to visit her, even though she's not allowed to. Glimmer is obviously not thrilled about this because of their whole shared history of murder, but after a pretty <laughs> harsh reaction, asks Catra to stay for a while anyway, and. They don't really say anything, but they just sort of huddle back to back against the cell walls. So a little bit of a shared humanity in a cold and unfeeling space jail. The end for real. <laughs> yeah, it's a little strange that they didn't put that like earlier. I in the agree. Episode. Yes, like that should have come before the like scene. maybe. Yeah, probably. And then it's like, yeah, it could have like ended off with the actual launch that the episode is titled after. <laughs> But, like, as we established, like, some of the episode titles in Shira are just strange. Yeah. <laughs> They're, like, one-word long things that are like, well, I guess, like, I guess there's, like, at least some semblance of why the next one's called Corridors, but it's, like... It's it's not like they're like stuck in like a weird, like, fucked-up, like, maze or some shit. <laughs> like, they're just on a ship that just is just a lot of Corridors. Well, yeah, a but ship. that's, like, the symbolism there. There's, there's a whole meaning behind yeah. it. I suppose. Like, there's just, there's been, like, weird titles in these, uh, in the series in general. Like, why was the, like, I get the premiere was, like, Horde Prime because it was about Horde mm -hmm. Prime showing up and all and talking, but it's like, yeah, it's like, it, Horde Prime kind of didn't do a whole lot in that, so. <laughs> so it's just more of his, like, menacing fascist stuff over the entire planet. Well, sure, but, you know, you gotta have a setup. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really like this episode. I think it's a great setup for what's going to come. Um, Adora being out of action for most of it is interesting because we don't get a lot of episodes like that. Yeah, typically they're like always focused on her. Exactly. In particular, pretty much. With that said, and I again, this is me just theory crafting. I kind of feel like this is more of a first episode of the season because this is setting up our quest. You know, like. Last episode yeah. was fine, but it was also kind of nothing. If we had started with this, then that's more about figuring out whether we can trust each other and, you know, how to do the thing we need to do in starting our adventure. Yeah, because it's also like, oh, we found Adora passed out and we found the sword busted, so fuck, what do we do? Rather than, like, having that whole bit earlier in the first episode of her being like, oh, I guess I forgot after, like, two weeks of having busted up the sword that I can't exactly, see her anymore. Yes. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have much else to say about it. Uh, not a lot of commentary on this one. It's just good. Why? If you can't bring Micah nor any of the princesses of you, why don't you try to bring Shadow Weaver on the ship? Because she's Shadow Weaver. 
I mean, yes, she is Shadow Weaver, but like, you you need more than just three actually. People, that's a great idea. Let's bring don't... Shadow Weaver on the ship, and we can space her. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, a chapter definitely finds some way to get into outer space without uh de depressurizing and killing everybody aboard the ship too. So I guess there's a way yeah. to get her to just shunt mm -hmm. her out the airlock. <laughs> there you go, problem solved. Uh, I see what you're getting at, but also. Entrapta and Bo and Adora and Shadow Weaver on that ship, they would all be dead within 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. It would, it would be a bit busy, I guess, if there were four people on the ship. Not that they actually really even need backup overall, because they don't actually get to the <laughs> ship and fight. Spoilers for the next episode we're about to cover, but still. <laughs> They were going there fully expecting to board the flagship and have to fight their way to Glimmer, and they don't. They bring one person that can't fight at all, and one person that can only fight with a, a big well, remember, stick. Remember, Adora can hack things, so she's probably planning to. <laughs> yeah, but I would imagine Entrapta would probably be the go-to for that, because Entrapta can knows tech better than Adora. <laughs> Adora's only ever hacked thing once because the show needed her to be able to hack something because Entrapta wasn't available <laughs> at that point. Because <laughs> she didn't know the Fright Zone as much, I guess. But it's like, there's no reason why Adora, a generic grunt soldier, would know how Adora's to hack. Adora's not a generic grunt soldier, she's a force captain. <laughs> it's not at the start of the show, she gets made into a force captain like after the first like 10 minutes before she immediately well, goes yes. AWOL. <laughs> Before that, she's kind of just a grunt. She's the grunt who happens to be made by a player, uh, so now she's a player character all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like, oh, you actually have, like, the full hit dice as opposed to, like, an average, huh? Something no, well, about I you. mean, allegedly she was the best at it from birth, so... <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's some stuff that's just... Weird and wonky. It's a kid's show, I get it. It's not supposed to be examined this closely. But yeah, again, I mean, we don't get a ton of discussion of it, but they were planning on bringing more people with them. It's just that they got attacked at the last second. Yeah, so they had to cause a distraction to learn away from the ship. Uh, why don't you bring the buff Minotaur lady? She's not. She's got to do nothing in this entire show besides uh, try and kill Adora in like episode I mean, three. I wish, but that would mean <laughs> bring her along. <laughs> True. <laughs> maybe maybe we can get back in the uh, the 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 one guard lady that uh, double trouble. Oh yeah, that yeah, one yeah, the time. Girl She's it. already she's already on the payroll. Yeah, she's already been on the payroll. Get her back. <laughs> Uh, I know she said her name in the uh, the fucking uh, uh, Among Us episode. I know Neither do I. <laughs> but she's there oh, all well. time. So. Yeah, we just, we just don't know what her name is. Hey, why isn't she in charge of the rebellion? <laughs> yeah, because I guess the king is there and the king doesn't want to be in charge. <laughs> So they're just like, eh, whoever kind of just wants to hold the conch at this moment can and be the leader, I suppose. <laughs> just, uh, we, we have a special clause here, uh, Shadow Weaver cannot hold the conch. <laughs> because she will just say we should use the genocide laser. Do you think the Rebellion is ever worried about the fact that of their, like, ruling structure at the moment, three of them are princesses who used to be part of the Horde, and one of them is Shadow Weaver? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think Shadow Weaver counts as a princess. No, no, she's separate. I mean, she was a so- like Adora and Scorpia yeah. and Entrapta were all Horde, and also Shadow Weaver. <laughs> True. Well, I mean, technically, I guess Entrapta was originally Rebellion, then defected, then defected back. So it's like she's kind of a spe- she's she has like an asterisk <laughs> to her name in that list. <laughs> but yeah, no, Adora and Scorpia one hundred percent worked for the Horde and then turned against them, and like, I mean. Shadow Weaver at one point was supposed to be working against the Horde, uh, kind of went evil, joined them anyway for 30 years, and then was like, well, they fucked me over once, so I guess I'm gonna fucking stab them in the back. <laughs> they took they took away my toy, so now I'm gonna go, like, they basically, they took away uh, Shadow Weaver's Twitter account, and now she's just, like, furious to the point where she's willing to go to Mastodon. <laughs> Essentially, that's what's going on. Like fine, I'm gonna bring back MySpace. Ha! Fuck you. <laughs> I guess I just mean like God, can you... Adora's definitely been there around long enough to gain people's trust or whatever. But that's yeah. when it's just Adora. Be- being an eight foot tall sword lesbian helps. Yeah, that's when it's just Adora, and now there's a whole bunch more horde officers mm-hmm. like yeah. in their quote unquote princess castle. If I were a rebellion soldier, I would be really worried about all this infiltration going on. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Like, nobody ever is, like, whispering behind their backs, like, oh, there's these dirty horde people here. <laughs> I don't think passive aggressiveness is a thing on Ethereum. <laughs> That's not true. Catra lives there. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, Catra lives there. Catra's the o- somehow the only person that's learned about passive aggressiveness, but nobody <laughs> else has. Nobody else in the horde even knows. Only her. <laughs> God, could you imagine if actually they bring back MySpace <laughs> after two <Twitter> nights? <laughs> Uh, that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, we should probably just get into episode three, yeah, huh? <laughs> We've done surrounded long enough. We should probably just get to it. Uh, but yeah, like I said, that episode is corridors, and it just goes right into the intro for once. We don't have like a like minute long segment before getting the whole. Uh, I don't even know the name of the song. <laughs> the 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 gay song about winning in the uh, end. Edge of greatness. It has a song. Okay, I was, I was like, it can't just be like the She-Ra theme is the official name. It had to have something <laughs> as a title. But yeah, uh, but yeah. After that, we go to like a little like flashback of Kid Catra and Adora, and like Catra's just hiding because she doesn't want to apologize for hitting Lonnie apparently. But Adora finds her and asks why she did it, only for her to immediately just slash Adora across the face and run off. Uh, I never fully understood if this part is actually a real flashback or if it's just Catra's, like, you know. <laughs> I don't want to say destable, like, mental state, <laughs> just making this up artificially based on her current like train of thought. But, like, that's kind of how it reads later on when she's also, like, seeing her younger self and Adora's younger self doing something like this again. But they never specify with this well, one. Well, I'm gonna be honest. I think like these these are flashbacks, and I, I mentioned that the name corridors is symbolic here, and it really is because it's like the whole point of this episode is that the ship is huge and empty, and there's no one here. It's just Catra and her ghosts. All of these halls are just yeah. memory triggers. <laughs> I guess it also kind of like links back to uh, the Promise episode, right? Where like they were also stuck in like a bunch of corridors trying to find their way out of that like uh, temple yeah. or whatever. Yeah, where they were also having flashbacks to the past. 
Yeah, I guess this had actually happened, and, for, and somehow Adora got lucky and didn't have a like huge facial scar because of Catra being an asshole. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we just immediately go from that and coming back to the present, where Catra is basically just looking at the planet's surface with a ridiculous amount of explosions on it, aka Twitter at the <laughs> moment. <laughs> because, like, Jesus Christ, these these explosions have to be fucking massive and, like, destroying, like, all parts of the continent if she can see them from space <laughs> on the planet's surface. <sighs> but yeah, basically just Twitter at the moment, just watching it blow up and being like, well, this is weird. At least she's got a big lesbian window to sit at dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> she definitely does <laughs> uh but yeah she then like goes off and tries to avoid some prime clones but they uh, surround her eventually saying that their job is to make her stay aboard the ship comfortable and that's why they keep hanging around her so she just ends up running off from them and runs into another clone that tells her that the er that area of the ship that they're in is off limits to her but Catra realizes that it's Hordak because he called her by her name instead of uh, the really creepy little sister thing that Horde Prime keeps doing. You know, it's interesting to me that and... that's what triggers her because, like, it's very obvious to me when Hordak is on screen and when he's not, specifically because his voice is different. All the other... <laughs> yeah, see, like, I didn't actually catch on the fact that it was him in the previous episode until you brought it up. Yeah, like, he still talks like Hordak. Everyone else it has their sort of ultra smooth clone voice but he's still down here being all rough and granularly even though he's saying the same uh, things fair. so yeah like to me i would think that would be the first clue that this wasn't Hordak, not just the whole oh you used my name thing <laughs> yeah possibly so yeah no i didn't catch it last time but it's pretty obvious here that it's him because like yeah he very much does sound like Hordak and not clones <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, actually, yeah. I mentioned uh, in the last episode, he gets all ragey and he's starting to be all ferocious and you're not worth the dirt that he walks on and that's, that's, yeah. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Again, that's yeah. his repressed memories slash anger coming through. <laughs> yeah. He's like, still like, oh, I know deep down I'm really pissed at this person for uh, basically killing me before. <laughs> <laughs> but I got better, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, uh, she tries to tell him that it's nice to see a familiar face despite their history of uh, all the repeated attempted murder. <laughs> but while he repeats the, the whole like spiel about the area being off limits, he does seem a little bit put out when she ends up leaving. Where he's like, oh, I feel like I'm like actually thinking of something that I don't quite know what I'm thinking <laughs> of. Uh, but, yeah, but over on uh, Mara's ship, Adora, Bone, and Chapter are training, studying the star map, and tearing apart the ship they're in, respectively, <laughs> while they're in space. Uh, Bo tells Entrapta to think about the crushing void of space and tries to prevent her from making some mid-flight adjustments when Entrapta is just fascinated with the crushing void of space, as everybody probably would, but also being yeah. terrified of it. I mean, especially if, like, uh, no one in your history had ever done space travel before. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big that, that's a big factor of, like, nobody in living memory or even, like, modern history has ever been to space. Let's, uh, let's not and risk hey, things. Hey, you know what else would be good? We uh, wanna... If we didn't actually do any rocket science at all and just kind of found an old ship and jumped on it and... <laughs> yeah, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's don't a lot of it. reasons to it's be terrified. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this thing might be... This thing might work, it might not. It doesn't really... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, when Bo's like trying to stop and chop them from fucking things up, uh, Adora at that point immediately takes it upon herself to smack apart the super first staff. So Bo is basically just being like, Why am I stuck here trying to wrangle these two cats? 
basically just being like, Jesus Christ, yeah. it sucks. Uh, but at that point, the ship also then jostles and everything, and the AI says she needs to shut down her user interface and conserve energy for really no reason. It's never explained what's going on with the ship. It just decides to do this for the sake because of the story. Because it's a thousand years and old and it... hasn't moved in that whole time. <laughs> no, it has. They used it to get the beast out of the back. Well, I guess... <laughs> they've been in space for like two hours at most at this point it took them longer to get the beats out in the back and the ship's already like yeah fuck it i'm out yes <laughs> i don't know but yeah no nah, it just ends up uh shutting the entire ship down for some reason even though it's like just says that she's gonna turn off the interface to this to, to conserve energy which apparently interfaces the entire ship <laughs> uh yeah, uh, over with Glimmer, she's basically just trying to break the force field of her cell by just throwing a chair at it, which doesn't work, obviously, only for Catra to come by again, saying that she's bored, and Glimmer brings up that Prime told her not to visit, then realizes that Catra's just lonely like she is, and does admit that it helps to have someone to talk to, which Catra also begrudgingly admits. <laughs> and the two of them sort of, like, bond a bit over what Glimmer would be up to if she were still in Etheria, because, like, she says about, like, how, like, she and Bo and Adora would basically just have sleepovers and steal cake, and then and and Catra's like, yeah, we used to actually have sleepovers in the Fright Zone too, and play pranks on Kyle, so they kind of, like, see, like, oh, maybe we're not so different, even though one of, well, I guess both of us wanted to do a genocide <laughs> at one point or another, <laughs> so maybe we're not so different after all. I wanted to get us stuck between dimensions, you wanted to do a genocide laser and kill everybody, yeah, I guess we're the same. <laughs> As you do. I mean, really, the only difference uh, is that Catra doesn't know what cake is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, most of the Fright Zone doesn't even know what food is, because they have those, like, uh, fucking energy bar things from uh, Snowpiercer as their mm -hmm. food. <laughs> yeah, they don't even have veggies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Glimmer finally admits that she was terrible to Dora and Bo last time she saw them. Finally, thank you, fucker, it took you, like, what, five episodes since the last time you saw them to finally admitting that you were an <laughs> asshole? <laughs> Thanks, Glimmer, I guess. Better late than never, I suppose. Uh, and Catra realizes that she has nothing waiting for her back on Etheria and just sadly walks away, because, yeah, turns out uh, she also basically burned all <laughs> those bridges. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out if you try to Yay. kill everyone all the time, nobody's happy with you. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. <laughs> if you're screaming at everybody and constantly trying to murder them, everybody decides to say, finally at some point say, fuck you. Uh, yeah, back over on the ship and trapped the office to fix Darla, which is the ship she just named, apparently. I'm not sure if the ship had a name before then, but maybe you should consult with the ship rather than just deciding her name now, arbitrarily. <laughs> uh, trapped to don't assume the ship's gender <laughs> or name. Uh, and Bo does let her go eventually to try to fix it, but also concedes that he has to follow Entrapta to make sure she doesn't fuck anything up and blow them all up. <laughs> Which basically just leaves the door alone to deal with some minor issues, like, I'm not sure if it's an air leak or a gas leak, but there's some sort of leak that happens that she just kind of tries to plug up with her finger, and then just like a spool of wiring popping out of a panel, so she just decides to go at it all with some duct tape, <laughs> as you do. I don't, this is like kind of again, like this little scene probably could have been in at a different point or not at all, because it's just like, they were like, we have 30 seconds, I guess, so we need to do something here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't entirely get rid, get rid of, uh, get rid of Adora, but. Yeah. Yeah, even though, again, like previous episode kind of did, and this one mostly does too. <laughs> Adora is mostly just in this episode for comic relief. <laughs> yeah. 
and not much else. It's interesting. Like a lot of the times in anime and stuff, you'll get to the point where the protagonist is so overpowered that the game becomes how do we keep them out of the fight for the longest time possible? And yeah, we're kind of seeing the opposite much. effect here because Adora is not powerful at all anymore, and now she has to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just being shunted off. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like, her, her player is like, well, I lost all my powers. Can I make a new character? And the GM's like, just give me fucking time, all right? <laughs> well, look, stuff's going to happen. We'll get there. Just, you got to give me a few Listen, sessions. you broke your paladin oath. You got to find a cleric who can cast atonement, okay? <laughs> yeah, like, you just got to give it time. Or, you know, just become a uh, Oathbreaker <laughs> paladin and just say, fuck it. <laughs> but, look, just trust me on this one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, back over Katra, she sees two clones go through a door, and of course, being Katra, follows them immediately, and somehow doesn't immediately trigger alarms. I guess they don't have security cameras on this ship as much to see that Why she's in there. Why would they need security cameras? The only uh, people on this ship are whole prime. Well, not anymore. <laughs> Maybe you should get security cameras in. Get those things out of the fucking, uh, ship basement or attic and be like, alright, we gotta set these things up, because we have a fucking sketchy cat person now in here. <laughs> We can't assume direct control into her, so we gotta be able to keep an eye on her somewhere else if she gets away from the other clones that she seems to just keep getting away from, even though they're supposed to be following her to make sure well, she doesn't do really shit. not really trying, because there's a new clone around every corner, so... Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, she, while she's in there, sees one of them be warped planet side by the other, and then immediately when she goes to leave the room, ends up walking directly into another one. Which, uh, again, gets assumed direct controlled by Prime to bring her to the throne room. And there, Prime says he hasn't found Shira yet, but did learn Amara's ship leaving Etheria. Because apparently his sensors are at least decent enough for that, even though a lot of time he's complaining about the sensors <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, like, uh, this is something we're going to deal with a lot. But apparently Mara's ship, despite being over a thousand years old, is so technologically advanced that Prime's tracking systems can't find it. <laughs> So, that's a hell of a cloaking system. <laughs> uh, I uh, I mean, like, the first one's tech is just really advanced to the point where it can make you have a Mega Man buster and also <laughs> power armor, so I guess uh, I guess it can make a ship that has, like, good cloaking or at least avoid scanners as much. Yeah, but, like, uh, especially <laughs> because they don't know how to use that ship. If it's cloaking, it's doing that by itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. They don't even know how to really properly fly the ship. They're relying upon the AI to bring it mm-hmm. in places. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Catra tries to say she doesn't know how the ship evades its enters, but pretty much also just reveals that Adora has to obviously be on it, because why the fuck <laughs> wouldn't she? <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know why Adora would be here, and he's like, well, you basically already gave me what I wanted to know, that that's Adora on the ship. Idiot. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yep. And Prime now wants her to go interrogate Glimmer about Adora and the ship, but she tries to argue that Glimmer doesn't trust her at all, so she wouldn't give any details, and that Adora doesn't mean anything to her, so uh, 0 for 2 on trying to just lie there, <laughs> Katra. Maybe you, should, maybe you should take a deception proficiency. Uh, yeah, I think she might. Or maybe she has proficiency, but she just has a low charisma. I think Katra she definitely has seems, Katra probably actually. She's been using it all along. But I think she is yeah, deliberately taking disadvantage on this for character reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, GM, please, make me make me suffer. <laughs> make me hurt. <laughs> let, me, let me bring up more about my backstory that I was even keeping hidden for the GM. Please, hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's just too easy to put stuff in your backstory for your character to let the GM hurt you. It's just too it's too easy and it's good character motivation and good role playing. <laughs> Even if your character is like, this sucks. Why why is it, why why is this happening yeah. to me? It's like because somebody else controlling you decided this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh yeah, where did I leave off? Uh yeah, Prime demonstrates another way of getting what he wants out of Catcher in the end by having Hordak come back over. Since apparently Hordak is now begging to be rooted the name that Catcher gave him, because he doesn't realize that it's just the name he gave himself back on Etheria. And this weird, like, electric bath thing that basically removes all of his personality from Hordak absolutely terrifies Catcher, while the other clones are fully enamored with their purest clone that Listen, they now have. Listen, I would be terrified too if I were in health. a room full of people talking about how every being must suffer to become pure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's that too. <laughs> It's not great. Some weird cultist uh, speech uh-huh. going on. This is some uh, this is like some Joe have... Warboy shit. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, yeah, back over with Glimmer. She uh, succeeds at breaking a leg off of the chair that she had earlier. <laughs> I'm not sure how Gl- Glimmer apparently leveled up and put it all into strength. I guess because she's like, well, I gotta figure out some way to compensate for my charisma not doing shit at the moment. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Katra arrives at that point with some cake for her that she had mentioned earlier about, like, liking to steal cake during the sleepovers <laughs> and stuff. Uh, but then she basically just, uh, immediately spills the beans to Glimmer that Adora and the ship are on their way. Please tell me what you know about it. <laughs> and Glimmer tells her that Prime will just get rid of Katra the minute that he gets what he wants, and there's no fucking reason why she should be helping him. And then begs Katra to do the right thing for once in her life. <laughs> Straight up says that to her face. Like, just fucking not be an asshole for once, maybe. <laughs> Rather than let him capture Adora to be able to wipe out everybody with the heart. <laughs> but uh, Catra just, like, runs off from there because, like, she's like, ah, uh, <laughs> fuck. Still can't, qu- still can't quite bring myself to do the right thing here. <laughs> still, in the law- still in the lawful neutral territory here. Still not quite over at, like, Chaotic yeah, Good just yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> she's trying. She's trying, it's just that she's like really struggling with figuring it out. <laughs> you know, the GM keeps telling her, like, no, you can change your alignment if you really want to. You just have to actually do something. And she's like, nah, I picked this one. I gotta stick with it. <laughs> no, listen, I think uh, I just need a little yeah. bit more pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just got, you just, maybe if you grab, maybe if one of these clones just like stabbed me in the stomach, maybe then I'll realize that I should do something good for once. <laughs> Yeah, just like fuck me up a little bit more. Do it not all the way. Don't kill me outright just yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bell <laughs> comes back to Dora in the ship, seeing her completely like engulfed in more cables. I don't know how all these cables are in the ship, but apparently there's a bunch of them. But he's just here saying that he can't find Entrapta, only for uh, Ghidorah to mention that she saw Entrapta recently, but isn't sure where she went. She just wanted like some rope and stuff. And then they see that Entrapta apparently like used what was aboard the ship to make space suits for them, and it's just floating outside the ship just because she fucking she's having fun. Can I suggest something here? Uh, well, we know that first one's tech. A lot of the time is self repairing, so. I'd just like to suggest that the panel that all these wires are coming out from is actually just the ship's 3D printer, and it's making more wires because she keeps pulling on them. And just was like, oh, what, what? no, what? I can't communicate to these people for some reason at the moment to fucking stop. <laughs> like, stop making me have to she make more wires. She keeps pulling on the wires. I, I guess she needs more. Let's put some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's like a fucking uh, automated toilet. Yes, exactly. Uh, toilet, uh, no, paper towel dispenser. Yeah, it's like, well, you get, you couldn't anymore. You put you put your hands in front of this, right? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but while in chapters out there, she does say that like she actually made the spaces for a reason because uh, she had to apparently fix the ship from the outside and not the inside. So at least there's a reason to her being on space. Uh, but this doesn't stop Bo from just having a full-on panic attack and demands that they get back on track for the mission for once. And of course, at that point, power cuts off again because. Oh, you're, you're not supposed to tempt fate. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, these people. <laughs> the main characters of the show. <laughs> and then chapter. <laughs> uh, yeah. Trying to get some information from Katra that she basically got from Glimmer, even though I don't feel like Katra really got a whole lot from Glimmer. But apparently it's enough for him to narrow down where uh, Adora and the others on the ship are. And she, of course, feels really bad when he praises her as having done the right thing, because, again, Catra's almost there, but not quite, about, yeah, I should stop being an asshole and maybe help my <laughs> friends. And she has a flash, flashback to earlier, basically, where, like, after she had cut Adora's face, Adora came back to her, and, like, you know, Catra eventually ends up revealing that she thought Adora was now Bessie Fuslani instead, for some reason, which is why she hit her. Yeah, but she still refuses to apologize to Lani and runs off because she doesn't believe that she basically should ever owe anybody an apology ever. This is definitely normal kid behavior. Well, <laughs> also, like, in the moment, I get the feeling that the reason she doesn't want to apologize to Lani is because when she, she reacts specifically when Adora says, you should apologize to Lani, then we can all be friends. And that's what upsets Catra. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want them to all be friends. She wants Adora for herself. Uh, yeah. And it's also, I guess, like, part of, like, you know, Catra's uh, motivation there at the end of season three, where she, like, you know, she wants to blow up, basically, the entire planet by sucking them into a dimensional portal thing just to prove, like, Adora isn't right yeah. for once. Because <laughs> Adora's always right in the end. It's like, yeah, Adora is right. Like, you should apologize for hitting a person just because you thought that, because of, like, a perceived slight against you, Catra. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess I just... I, I don't know how a child that young develops such a strong attachment complex, that's all. Well, I mean, when your mom is Shadow Weaver, I guess that's well, why. Well, I guess, but, like... You latch, onto, you latch onto whoever has a similar situation and is there Yeah, so why you. didn't she latch onto Lani and Kyle and Rogelio? <laughs> yeah, because they're not suffering as much as she and Adora are, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I just don't know, because... When she talks about her past... Also, also... Uh, uh, of of the three of them, only one has the potential to be a lesbian, as opposed to she probably knows that Dora is a lesbian at this point already. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think maybe, but like it, 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 especially because in her recollections of the past, she remembers Adora having it easy. She remembers Adora not getting punished and not, you know, taking any kind of losses because that all fell onto her. So. It doesn't make sense for me to say that it's because she's suffering the same. That's like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Adora always got more special treatment in comparison. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe maybe it was the fact that like both of them were essentially like being treated as Shadow Weaver's daughters, and that's why she had a stronger connection to Adora than anybody else. I guess. <laughs> mm. Hey, yeah. Uh... 
for whatever the reason, uh, at that point she finally decides to actually not be an asshole anymore, and she goes and knocks out Hordak as he goes to feed Glimmer, and, you know, uses Hordak's hand to free Glimmer by just pressing up against, like, the, uh, the panel that disables the force field, and she said that she finally wants to do that one good thing in her life after all, it turns out. Uh, <laughs> and then immediately, like, maybe, like, 20 seconds later after <laughs> that, they immediately get surrounded by clones, because they're just fucking <laughs> everywhere. Uh, but Catra attacks them all and tells Glimmer about their weak point in the back of the neck because that's where, like, they get, like, the weird, like, uh, head dreadlock jack thing from, uh, Prime to, like, reprogram them, essentially, besides the electric bath thing. Well, that is true. I don't so, think I, I would automatically just... assume that was their weak point, you know? Yeah, I guess. She kind of makes a bit of a leap and, uh, like, yeah, that has to be the weak point if that's where they get, like, the weird, uh, dreadlock jack put in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she she at least figures that right because like yeah, just one smack to the <laughs> that area just fucking fucks them up entirely. Because even Glimmer just takes one the fuck out by just punching them. <laughs> uh, but they they go after the like the teleportation warp pad room where Captain locks the doors and tells Glimmer that all she does is hurt people, saying that she basically should just be left behind while she gets Glimmer out of there. And over on the ship, and Chapter gets the ship working again, and they immediately use at the exact right time because they immediately get the message from Katra that she's sending Glimmer to them. She tells them not to come here as Prime is expecting them, basically just apologizes to Zora for everything that she's ever done, and barely is able to walk Glimmer out as the clones overwhelm her. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very, very much again going back to uh, Rogue One, reminding me of uh, K2SO holding off all those, uh, like, uh, what's it called, stormtroopers as a. Uh, Jin, I have to remember the name of the main character of the Rogue One because yeah, yeah. I didn't really care much about Jin Urso, and then the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just being like, oh yeah, like just like standing there and eventually he gets got. Why did they kill off the droid the first person in that movie? <laughs> well, I guess technically second because uh, Jin's dad gets got first, but uh, he doesn't matter <laughs> as much. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Dora and Bo, like, basically having dropped to go bring them out to the quadrant where Glimmer's getting teleported in. At no point do they ever go, like, wait, Glimmer's not gonna have any, like, sort of space suit. She's gonna die yes. immediately. <laughs> but uh, it's fine. She has, like, some weird, like, gleam, like green aura around her that I guess gives her, like, a temporary protection from space, I guess. Because <laughs> she's not dead, obviously. But they suit up to go to the pickup point, and Bo glabs, ah, glabs, grabs <laughs> Glimmer as Adora pulls them back in over, like, the, the rope that he's attached to. Uh, and Glimmer then tells them that Catra saved them all, since obviously they don't have to go to Prime's ship, where he would just fuck them all up. And then we go immediately cut to Prime, telling Catra that nothing will stop him from getting Adora in the end anyway, no matter, despite the fact that, like, she got Glimmer yeah. out of there. And Catra just laughs with him anyway, but Prime says that she'll still be of use to him in the end either way, which uh, of course Catra is terrified of because, like, she, again, still doesn't really re learn her lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's like, it's a. Uh, you know, obviously it's not an action packed episode or anything, but, like, it's, a lot of this shit does happen in this one. Unfortunately, like, none of it really happens, like, aboard Mars' ship. Because, <laughs> <laughs> again, like,. Trapped in Nidora, mostly just there for like a bit of comedic relief and just driving Bo insane. <laughs> <laughs> Not much goes on with them. It's all about Glimmer and Catra in this episode. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't mind having a Glimmer and Catra episode. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's a pair of characters you wouldn't really expect to have almost an entire episode dedicated to just the two of them actually relating to one another. I think, and, okay, 
maybe this is just me going too far into my conspiracy hole, but I kind of wonder if maybe the entire point of Dark Glimmer Arc was just to get her to a point where she could understand Catra. Because I think that's really the key to bringing her back, you know? She can't have people looking down on her and trying to save her. She needs somebody on the same level. Yeah, the the same level of also trying to do Yeah, that. for real. <laughs> uh, it is kind of funny that we both were like, wait, they no, they actually do have a lot in common because they both tried to do that in the season finale. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, uh, I don't really have a lot more to really say about it, but also I feel like I always say that about any episode that I cover because I mostly bring up anything that I would while I'm doing my yeah, summary. that's fine. Like, this is where the show changes in an interesting way to me. Because, well, I guess I shouldn't say this is where it changes, but it's not so much about magical princess adventure from this point on. It's a lot more... How in the world do we deal with this galactic threat when we have no powers? And a lot of what that comes down to is character drama and internal angst. So, like I mentioned before, the end of She-Ra is She-Ra to me. And that's that's what we're really getting into at this point, so... Yeah. Hey, at least, uh, you know, uh, by all extent and purposes, it looks like Glimmer won't suck anymore, at least. Uh... I'm, from what I remember, yes, she should be back to not our original Glimmer, because she, now she's consumed with guilt Glimmer, or Glimmer, if you will, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, she Glimmer evolved from... Uh, Glimmer evolved into Dimmer, and now evolved back into Glimmer. <laughs> it's a weird uh, It's a weird cycle. Uh, Nintendo got really lazy with this uh, evolutionary the third, line. The third Glimmer evolution has two Gs at the beginning. <laughs> Oh, okay. Or maybe two R's instead. Like, you drop the E and it's just G-L-I-M-M-R-R. It's like for Alligator, where they ran out of letter spacing, so you just have to drop, like, the E for Alligator at the end, or the O, whatever it'd be. Yeah. Yeah, we're really into it at this point. I mean, we just covered episodes two and three of the season. That means there's only five more Us Weirdos left about She-Ra. Yeah. It's, uh... I mean, considering, like, the schedule looking at with the holidays and all, we're not going to finish it by the end of this year, I don't think, but early 2023. Something like that, point. yeah. Yeah. As much as we talk about schedules yeah. behind the scenes, we really never nail down anything, do we? <laughs> no, we really but... don't. <laughs> like, I, I like how, like, uh, the two of us were like, oh, yeah, like, we could probably do, like, some, like, extra recordings around Thanksgiving because none of us give a fuck about that colonizer holiday. And like, uh, and then being like, well, we probably have to skip like a week or two around Christmas. But then, like, I brought up an idea of like, oh, but what about this thing we could probably do during the holidays? And we're like, oh, that would be fun. But also, when do we have the time to really record? We then we have to like push Shira back another week or whatever if we want to do that other thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> Running a podcast is weird. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Especially because, like, it's like, oh yeah, dang, it's already almost been a whole year of us doing this. <laughs> it's like it doesn't feel like it's been that long because it's like it's only we've only really covered like two shows at the same time. Like both the shows we covered have been like, tw- like twenty five ish episodes each. So it's like actually no, that does track with it being two in a year basically. <laughs> 
yeah, I think that's... We are rapidly approaching. This is our 45th episode, so... We are seven away from a year of weeklies. Uh, oh, jeez, this is the, the Trump episode then, I guess. Oh, I won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just means the next one's the Biden episode, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> hey, worst case, worst Yay. case scenario, if Trump gets elected again, do we have to start calling him forty-seven, or is he just forty-five again? Uh, I think he's just forty-five <laughs> again. I, I, you can't, you can't let a, an asshole like that have the cool age in forty-seven. <laughs> Although, like, at the rate we're going, like, even if we don't make Trump be the fourth, like, I mean, because, like, no, because he, he still stayed, for, uh, I mean, he would have still stayed 45 if he got reelected <laughs> two years ago. So, like, Biden would be 46 again if somehow he gets reelected again, which is probably not going to happen, to be honest, nobody <laughs> likes him. But, like, uh, yeah, no, at the rate we're going, is like, even if never then win reelection, I don't think we're going to get somebody cool to actually be President 47. Yeah, I, I, I guess I just do not know. It's presidenting is weird, and the... I don't think we should have one. <laughs> no, like if we actually get to President sixty nine, we have to have somebody really cool be President sixty nine, right? It's just we need it. It's a, it's a given. <laughs> we can't have another like uh, seventy five plus year old cisette white dude who's sort of uh, accused of rape or anything like that as President sixty nine. <laughs> What we need to do is we need to have like a lesbian president and like lesbian vice president or something as uh as uh, president sixty nine is what we really need, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just want us to stop having presidents. Is that too, is that too on the nose? <laughs> yeah, I guess there's also that. <laughs> but if we have to have one, I feel like we need to go and have the lesbian president for president sixty nine. I guess that is fair. I just even if it's a bit too on the nose. <laughs> I don't know. It, maybe I am a fool, maybe I am an idealist, but in my perfect world, we would not have a president or a senate or a house. We would just have everybody directly voting because everybody has phones now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, not everybody. There's definitely those people at uh, BlizzCon, whatever, that were complaining about Diablo Immortal being a mobile game. <laughs> Not not complaining about the Evil Immortal for what they really should have, which is of course it's free to play bullshit because it's made by Activision Blizzard. <laughs> no, it's just no, it's not Diablo Four, so we gotta boo it. Yeah. It's like well, you're getting Diablo Four, and it's also gonna be shitty and full of microtransactions, just like all their other games. <laughs> Congrats, you got what you wanted, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not a political scholar. I'm not a a, a real student of anarchism or leftism or however you have to do it these days. I just think we should be good to people, and I think the easiest way to be good to people is uh, have like a curated group of people who put up things for votes on you know easily accessible platforms that everyone can access. And yeah, yeah, you get to vote if you want to pay twenty dollars a month or eight dollars a month for Twitter Blue on Twitter <laughs> right? That's what we talk about, right? Yeah. Close <laughs> enough, honestly. God. <laughs> I, I guess in a sense I mean considering that the the uh, summation there was fuck both of us 
Because Paid Twitter Blue lasted for like all of what two hours before it broke the fuck open and nobody could do that anymore because they yes, had to stop it. Yeah. But that's the fun part. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. It's it's still so funny to think that like it was like Stephen King of all people being like, no, fuck you, I would not pay $20 a month. And then be like, what about AIDS? And it's like, no, still fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> but that still stuck for some reason though, even though it's like. Yeah, no, the man is, like, so malleable and willing to, like, do whatever to try to please people in his own idiot way that he didn't immediately try to offer, like, what about three? <laughs> what about three dollars? He says, no, it's stuck, stuck with eight, and everybody else was like, fuck you, no. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, everybody's still, like, just losing their shit on Twitter. <laughs> I'm seeing some person keep uh, posting bits of uh, the old guy from Courage the Cowardly Dog just being like, nope, not getting out of this chair. It's like in the background, it's the, the fucking third impact. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, kind of seems, actually feels a bit accurate at times. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, bring, bring on the human instrumentality project at this point. It can't get much worse than that, right? <laughs> I... Listen, I'm here on Twitter until it burns. But also, uh... Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm actively on Twitter yeah, exactly. at the moment. Same yeah, here. Same, but the same thing here. is, uh, <laughs> I have posted my titty pic three hours ago and only two likes, so I might quit early because clearly this is a platform with trash taste. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta bring it over to co-host. Maybe you'll get more, uh, Chosting. I don't know <laughs> what the rules are on Chost. I might get banned immediately. <laughs> uh, I do. I do know. I haven't really actually looked at co-host on my computer, but on phone, there is definitely a way to like flex uh, something as being like eighteen plus. Mm. Like, there's actually a thing that like you can click on, which I never actually see on like Twitter on mobile. But also, I don't use the actual Twitter app on mobile because yeah. I use Talon. Because the Twitter app on mobile is also just as bad as Twitter on PC, which is to say, if you don't take every sort of precaution, you're just going to see shit tons of ads. <laughs> so maybe that's why I can't actually see that option on Talon. But like, I'm just co-host on the on the mobile browser. There definitely is a part in like the top right when you're like making a choast or choost or whatever you want to call it, where it does say like flag this for adult content. I don't think it actually does the whole like blurring photos though. I think it just like I don't know. It's it's strange. I don't think it actually does that, but it definitely at least has like a like flag this for like yeah. content in some case. Well, I don't know. Like it might be on the back burner because it seems like co-host's main priority now is not actively also kind of being on fire because of everybody jumping ship to them yeah, instead. Well, Tumblr can't run right now, uh, so <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like it's like uh, co-host has actually been like running really fucking slowly yes. <laughs> But no, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that like you can flag stuff for nudity on Twitter, but it's still illegal to post titties. So I don't know what the rules are yeah. on co-host. I need to go into that before I start. Uh, I don't mind burning Twitter. Yeah. Twitter's already burning. I'm gonna go ahead and throw out my timer. But <laughs> <laughs> on co-host, uh, that's like our replacement you know we can't can't get rid of that now i only just got to be choosing yeah i can't wait another six months did, for my account Tumblr, to activate again did, 
did Tumblr actually go through with uh, letting you post titty on Tumblr uh, again? No, that was like false advertising. Ah, uh, bummer. They definitely saw somebody being like, I think I think Tumblr might let you post titty, but maybe just only one titty and not two titty. <laughs> but not sure. But yeah, I didn't I didn't think that they had actually gone through with that because I was pretty sure I didn't see it from like an official yeah, source they, or anything. They're like allowing artistic nudity from certain perspectives. It's not. <laughs> you can't just. It's not going to be a Pornhub again. That. Yeah, no. That that sounds like you can like maybe have like a tasteful butt or something, but not yeah, any that's boob. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe at most cleavage, but no nips, definitely. <laughs> <sighs> well, um, I, I don't think I really have anything else right now. Our social media yeah, world is burning uh, down, and all we can do is comment, but I don't know if people want a live stream of us commenting at, on Twitter at... burning for three hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the only thing you could do at the moment would be to boot up Pokemon. <laughs> But, I mean, we're not, obviously, we're not going to keep going for, like, another hour so I can talk about, like, the first hour of Pokemon, because, again, I should go to bed now if I'm going to try to wake up in five hours to play a bit before going to work. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. So, I mean, I mean we'll, we'll definitely talk about Pokemon on the next episode, I feel. Yeah, sounds good. Cause, um, yeah, because we'll both actually get to play it. Yes, because we definitely did things that weren't illegal or shady in any way whatsoever. <laughs> I I don't think me buying a code to give you so you can reimburse me so you didn't have to pay like the $20 markup for Canada is illegal. I think it's technically <laughs> smuggling. <laughs> is it? Well, I guess then we technically did that with, uh, well, at least my mom did that with me with uh, Smash Bros. the 3DS because she bought that and she bought me that and Pokemon Alpha Sapphire download codes while I was in Japan because I wasn't going to pay like $50 for like a $20 eShop <laughs> card because. Yeah, turns out uh, Amazon resellers in Japan are awful with price markups for American eShop cards. <laughs> oh, goodness. The major thing was that I didn't know if slash when I was coming back, so I did not have an American bank account anymore at that point, so I could not actually, <laughs> you know, buy anything with US. And then I came back, like, uh, two months after that. <laughs> after both those games released, I was like, yeah, this didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Um, as you're listening to this episode, I did another suite of guest appearances on Alphabet Flight. I did three episodes. Uh, talked about some fictional Nazis, unlike this show where we talk about real life Nazis. Um, <laughs> talked about uh, an android who is awesome and also adorable. Uh, that's the Alphabet Flight podcast. Uh, when this goes up, I believe my episodes will have aired two weeks ago because we are recording ahead. <laughs> <sighs> yeah it's, it's like i remember like uh at one point that like i think even i got tagged in like one of the posts about it but you said your episode went up like last week or something <laughs> so i'm like I, I, I don't know why even i got tagged in it like months ago when the episode didn't go up till today like uh like i days. believe it was the uh our show's twitter that got tagged and since you run that <laughs> uh maybe that was what it was yeah yeah, because I, I think they, cause I, cause I think they've credited you like saying like nobody and then in parentheses at us where yeah. it's like oh well, I'm I'm technically the one running the Twitter, <laughs> not you. 
I, I mean, I, in the last days of Twitter, I could also just give you permission if you wanted to also just post Twitter, like, titties to the actual <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. doesn't I fucking matter. That, that get, could that possibly get us banned from, like, iTunes or something if we have a Twitter account linking to uh, I have no idea, and I don't want to test it. <laughs> Fair, I, I, yeah. Apple, Apple of all people, definitely uh, do not want anything about boobs or butts or anything yeah. else like that on their site. Well, they they allow that stuff if it's like medical, but they don't allow if it's like not medical yeah. at all. No, I just the uh, the thing about the way uh, Art does alphabet flight is they record, I want to say like three months in advance, so I never have any idea when my episodes are going up. So I can't usually uh, plug them on our show until yeah. they're already up and, and it's a week too late. So, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, similar situation when we did the the tabletop game at least because we recorded that back in July and then it went live like yeah. October. <laughs> yeah, but at least we knew that was going to be that in got October timed out well. Yeah, we we knew that, and then it's like it just worked out well that we were able to put that out like right before the uh, episode on the uh, season three, yeah. episode one. So we got to we we partly got to ease back into our house, even though it was us <laughs> in the past that we're easing back into our house. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know about you. I think I'm pretty much done for today. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll see if Twitter is still alive uh, when we wake up, I guess. So, as of this recording... Place your bets on Web... <laughs> yeah, place your bets on whether Twitter is still alive in the week when we reconvene on Thanksgiving <laughs> and instead do a podcast about a queer TV show rather than give a fuck about Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> as of this recording, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket. Uh... <laughs> That very well may not be true literally tomorrow before this episode comes out, but we'll find out. <laughs> and I am on co-host at Nobody, so I have been spending most of today uh, getting all my contacts from Twitter into co-host because that's the thing that my brain made me do today instead of homework. Yeah, fortunately I've seen like a good number of the fan artists that I follow on Twitter being like, alright, here's my co-host, and it's like, yay! <laughs> Thank you. I, I I finally know also how to follow uh, uh, Maz. Uh, uh, I wish get Maz's last name. The or M uh, rather the uh, the person that ah, made yeah. uh, like comics like uh, Speak of the Devil and uh, now. Uh, oh God! Oh fuck! Am I forgetting the name of the most recent comic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they still. I think they still go by Maz. I'm not sure. I know that they. I know that their Twitter profile says M, but I think they still go by Maz at times. Uh, yeah. No, it's like at least know what their coast is now, so I can follow yeah. them there. So yeah, they can continue posting uh like lady butts on there, I guess, <laughs> instead of Twitter dies. Uh, yeah. If Twitter does die, I guess it doesn't matter that I'm saying that I'm at Click of Chaos there. Yeah. <laughs> But won't, maybe it won't fucking matter. Who knows? Uh, I'm still just at Chloe Phil on co-host. I don't know if you can actually change that or not, but I don't know. <laughs> kind of starting to drift, drift away from the Chloe Phil name. Like, I'm kind of thinking I'm going to just change my name from that on uh, my Switch and oh. Splatoon. Cause they're actually, weirdly enough, they're actually separate. In Splatoon 1 and 2, it was the same as the console name, but they actually changed it for Splatoon 3, where you hmm. have a separate name compared to your console name. So you can change them individually. <laughs> well, all right. 
Definitely saw a lot of people, a lot of uh, Pokemon related ones during the Pokemon Splatfest, and also ran into one that was just in like, uh, you know, like all those like uh, characters that look like letters. There was definitely one person whose display name was just Goth, the uh, the female symbol, and trans. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, shout out to Goth Trans on Splatoon. <laughs> Good to see another queer squiddo. <laughs> Uh, I guess we should also mention that the podcast is uh, at weirdos on co uh, yes, and at weirdos cast us, us weirdos on whether co-host. it's dead or not. Yeah. I guess we could have gotten up we're... at weirdos. I don't know. I didn't try for that. I just wanted to make sure we were on brand. Yeah, I I kind of imagined that probably weirdos was taken early on. Uh, at the same time, I mean, you got nobody, so you know, maybe it was still available. Yeah, let me look that up real quick. I'm going to see if I can start a new co-host page. (laughs) (laughs) If you can even load co-host at the moment. Well, it was loading perfectly, but now that I've submitted to create a new page, it's slowed down. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I just got a new page. I have weirdos now. (laughs) But now also the people that run co-host are listening. Uh, Yeah, no, I I absolutely have weirdos now. That's that's my third page. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> well, then. At some point, maybe we'll actually get one of those accounts to be shared so I can actually put the the choosts there as it would be, because we still don't know if it's chose to choose or... That would be whatever. nice. <laughs> yeah. I'd imagine, again, they're probably not particularly worrying about doing that kind of permission stuff at the moment because they're, they're literally trying to make sure their servers are not on fire <laughs> at the uh, moment. I kind of regret that I did this because I just made it that much harder for the poor people who are running this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think making one more account is not going to do something overall. I guess that's probably like it's true. Not like, you're not you're not all the various uh, bot accounts trying to go there, like saying bullshit like uh, like Musk is the greatest person or whatever <laughs> the fuck. I don't know. I don't know the names of bots. I don't. I don't follow. I don't see bots ever really because I don't look at the main Twitter feed. So I don't know. Their names are usually just like John and then some like garbled bullshit letters and numbers and stuff. <laughs> um. Yeah, I have no idea how to change your co-host name. So I guess I've just got weirdos now. <laughs> Because I can't delete this page either, so I'm just going to stockpile it. <laughs> I, I'm starting to wonder if maybe you actually can't change them just yet. Like, maybe that's a f- future feature that they would be working towards <laughs> and are, again, not worried about it because they're just trying to make sure they actually can support all the increased traffic. <laughs> yeah, it seems like probably the likely answer. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, uh, uh, chose to side. This is like the third episode in a row we've derailed at the end of our social media, so... Uh. <laughs> well, it maybe if social media were to fucking chill out for like a day or so, we wouldn't have to keep talking That's about fair. this. That's fair. Okay, yes. <sighs> it just keeps going, and <laughs> it doesn't fucking stop, so and we inevitably talk about that because... We're we're too we're both too terminally online, <laughs> and and also Twitter is like the main way that we like air quotes advertise podcasts. So we don't really advertise. <laughs> you know what is a thing that I don't like about co-host already? 
if you like a tweet or a choast, I guess, if you like a choast and then you rechoast it, uh, it shows up as you having liked your own choast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, probably just a feature that they are like not worried about at the moment. Yeah, pretty much. Like. Also, for some reason, liking a choast just sounds bad. What's wrong with liking a choast? <laughs> Everybody likes choast. It happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> wicked sick chest bud. <laughs> like you're looking it's like you're looking at the toilet at somebody's chest i don't know why i'm thinking it's I like a shit i have no idea why you specifically think of that because i have not heard that association from anywhere else maybe it's, see maybe it's because uh my twitter bookmark in my browser is called shitter <laughs> because even i've acknowledged that twitter has been shit even well before all this stuff maybe that's why i just can't help but think about twitter shitting <laughs> Okay, well, um, I guess, like, we're done here, so just, you know, until <laughs> next time, stay safe, be strong, take care yeah. of each other. Go, go, go spend some time in Pokemon and not online. Yeah, and remember, <laughs> us weirdos really have to stick, stick together. together. Bye. Bye. Now I gotta go choast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>